Hello, and welcome to Go for Bronze, episode 33. On this week's episode, we'll be talking about all the upcoming releases and reveals from the recent showcases. Mark called out exactly what is happening with the Callisto Protocol, and Cyberpunk 2077 looks to make good on the original promise of the game with the upcoming DLC release. I'm Joel Torres, one of your co-hosts, and as always with me is Mark Ace Acevedo. How are you doing, my good sir? I'm doing excellent. I'm doing extremely well as my job loves me and I had the day off today. <laughs> today is Monday, June 19th, so celebrating Juneteenth, I had the day off, feeling really good. I spent my day playing some games. I actually played Resident Evil 8 today and did a full playthrough. I did a speed run without like being ready to do one. So I just mm-hmm. sat down and did it. It was two hours and 55 minutes. So I got that speedrun trophy out of the way. Like just not even prepared. Like you're just like, no doing pre- it for yeah. the love of the game. Just off the dome. Like because I don't. You remember this shit? Because that's yeah. like part. Of, a lot of that's like remembering stuff. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Yeah. A lot of it's like, where's this puzzle? Where's that? Whatever. And I was getting towards the end of it, and I was seeing like before I was getting to the last fight, I kept looking at the clock like two hour fifty, mm-hmm. and I was like, oh, this is really gonna suck if it gets like right over three hours. Does it roll even during cutscenes? So I skip all cutscenes. If okay. you play the cutscenes, it will count that time. What is nice is if you die, it will, that it will reset it? the timer to whatever the last save was. That's far. So I did it a lot it, easier. I did it on standard difficulty. Is it? Do you have to do it on a certain difficulty? Is it just no. the time? Right? So I actually was just going to start a standard playthrough to get that trophy. And then I just ended up doing the whole thing. And I was like, I started doing it a little quickly and skipping cutscenes. And I was like, fuck it. Like, let me just go for the whole thing. Man, that's nice. Nice little surprise. Great that's way to it. spend your Juneteenth. Exactly. Right. Really <laughs> fantastic. So there's that. Also, we are here recording the show, which I'm excited for, giving an update to our audience. You will be seeing these episodes now every other week on Mondays, trying to give a little bit more structure, give you something to look forward to at the beginning of your week. And so, yeah, these will be bi-weekly, but also just planning is great. I think that will be much better for us. The product will be much better for you. It'll be a beefier show. And we're excited for that. I'm excited for that. I'm very excited with that. I'm glad that the, that the bi-weekly was accepted with grace. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and also in terms of planning stuff, my birthday is next month. And so I'm trying to, I'm trying to book people real early. That's a smart move, especially with me. Cause that's a busy, the whole summer is a busy time for me with family shit. Cause everybody's birthday is in July and June. Mm-hmm. And then, uh, yeah. Cause your birth, your dad's birthday is the day right after mine. Mm-hmm. And then Justin's birthday is the 29th. Also, mm-hmm. the funny thing about you and Justin, which is like kind of funny because you guys have like weird, like similar things, is that for both of you, I never have to ask exactly what I need to get you. You guys both just send me lists of shit that you guys want, and then it's like, oh, this makes it so much fucking easier. Mm-hmm. Awesome. That's actually yeah. That's what I was <laughs> I was gonna mention next is like, how do you feel about wish lists? Because Liz asked me, of course, for a wish list. We're celebrating our six year anniversary actually the first week of July, wow. and then also my birthday. So. You know, July is kind of like my month to get a bunch of gifts. And then for her, it'd be like Valentine's Day and her birthday in February. But she asked for a list. So I just went ahead and sp- honestly, it took me like kind of the whole day. And I feel like as I get a little bit older, it's like I still want stuff, but it's like you get more of the things you already want. So it's harder to think of random stuff. Or you have like the money to like buy like kind of more willy nilly where it's like, oh, I want that. Let me just fucking get it. Yeah, exactly. And it's like, I want my list to be good stuff, but I don't want to be like a psycho and be like, yeah, get me all this really expensive stuff. That's why I try to leave a message of like, hey, you can get me whatever you want. 
This you is said just an like... Xbox Series X, by the way, for realistic expectations. Hey, it's on there. We got you, PS5. That is true, but there was a there was a chip in effort. You did not drop $500 on my PS5. Uh, anything on there could be a group effort. It could be a I, group effort, okay. I'm just saying I'll throw it on there and... You know, we'll see what happens. I'm not saying I need it. Of course, I don't need any of that. You Beer's get, on I, that list. If Xbox, everyone just gets me like a six pack of Bud Heavy, I'll be good. Yeah, you might get like a Series X Carbon or something, or Series S Carbon or whatever the fuck they're calling it. Yeah, yeah, yeah fair. But so, yeah, just just figure that was good. Throw that out there. I'm glad that that's not annoying and more helpful. Yeah, no, it wasn't too annoying. I was a little annoyed at the beginning because it was just like I was like I didn't ask for this, but then I was like. Oh, this is actually good to have now. It makes it a lot easier. And that's why I sent the second message. Yeah, the second message cleaned it up. At first, I was like, this motherfucker just like solicited me like I'm the bank. Like, the no, no, no. Important. The context is that the second message was I said, Liz asked for this list, so I'm just circulating. Because if she like, gets uh, stuff, it's probably good for everyone else to know exactly. what she's going to get kind of thing. So no, Everybody I wouldn't just will. like out of the blue be like, yo, here's a shopping list. I was like, the fuck? <laughs> The fuck I look like? I'm, <laughs> I'm moving too, right? Even though uh, it's they're not really costly for me at all, but it's just still stressful. Yeah, I mean, I support you, but yeah, I don't think it'll be quite as costly. No, definitely not going to be as costly. But now you're finally this saga of your apartment is complete. It for is the audience. Yeah, it is for the audience. It is complete. We're we're still, you know, we're we're on the path to eventually having video so you can see our beautiful faces when we're recording these episodes. Right now, we're still running on shitty old hardware on laptop wise, so it's a little hard. But my camera's different. I don't know, Joel, what you think or what you can see. I have windows in front of me, so it's a little bit brighter in here. Your lighting I'm is o- good, definitely. I'm always in a better mood. I'm always like feeling better every day. I feel so much healthier than the other place. It was just ridiculous how shitty I felt because of like the air promise. quality in there. You have promise for the future, even a PlayStation now. I have hope again. You have hope again now because of the new apartment. Yeah, so it feels it definitely feels good. We really, really are enjoying this place, everything about it. The only thing that we've noticed, you know, you came over one time to play 2K and obviously boys will be boys and we're going to be <laughs> loud as fuck playing 2K. And there, there's not there's not a lot of sound dampening like in between rooms. The thing that is nice, though, it's not bad in between units so for example it's not like i can hear my neighbors it's just i can hear what's going on within the apartment which That's is true. fine but i think of... the issue we saw we kind of realized it is also helps with circulation and keeping the apartment cool too so it's kind of like a give and take mm-hmm. like the little vents above the window yeah yeah there's events like above the doors going into each room but there's not anything there it's just kind of like a open vent to, which mm-hmm. you're right is good for airflow but then that's how the sound gets in but no really happy to be here happy that the move is pretty much fully complete and back to also normal expenses because like the month of moving is really expensive because like you're hundreds of dollars and thousands of dollars just randomly leaves your exactly because you're like <laughs> doubling up on everything where you're doubling up on electricity for a little bit well i guess you don't have to right you, you your options are you, you could be out. homeless for three weeks too <laughs> i mean i guess that's true too yeah that's possible let me just stop complaining everything <laughs> yeah, is good yeah you could have just lived under the i4 underpass for the last three months that's true while you're waiting for a new apartment there's plenty of people there there's those other lovely tenants hmm <laughs> Well, how are you? I'm good. I'm good. I just came from. I, I my job worked today on Juneteenth, so 
I sent Mark this meme where it's like, do you have today off or is your job a little racist? And then now we kind of, you know, that answer has been answered. Mm-hmm. But uh, I worked today and actually today was fucking busy as fuck. It was like I got my shit pushed in. I I won't go into too much detail because I just don't want to reveal where I work. Um, but it was just a very, very busy day. A lot of, a lot of customers, a lot of demands but we got through it it kind of did help make the day go by faster but i was and it also make me look forward to actually doing this because like i just want to get the fuck out of here mm-hmm. yeah definitely but yeah other than that i've been chilling um i i'm on the move i don't think that's been announced on the podcast i'm gonna move i'm going to i'm going to the land of lakes leaving the mm-hmm. big o public's headquarters public's headquarters that is true the public's headquarters i didn't realize wasn't like that and the building is like ridiculously nice and mm. it's also like, you know, there's a lot of Publixes in Orlando, but within Lakeland, there it's even worse. Like, there's so many Publixes. I'm like, how the fuck does this company even make money with how many grocery stores they have all over the place? Mm. You know, the Greenwise Publix, regular Publix, Publix Liquors. It's like it's a fucking, like, it's like it's the school's college. Mm, Publix Liquors, that's my favorite. That's the one where I get my deli meats from. <laughs> <laughs> so the the one one negative thing also I, I guess about moving is we have even though we're like ten minutes away from where we used to live the Publix that's now the closest to us fucking sucks. You don't like that? I like that the building looked nice. Like the outside of it looked nice when we drove by it. Yeah, I guess that's true. But, but it's not nice on the inside, or is the clientele just, not nice? I don't actually know. I'm actually just going off of the word of what Liz said when she went. Okay. Okay. So I, I, I personally have not gone, but Publix is a, is a mainstay for us. The Publix headquarters that's in Lakeland, you can't go in there, right? It's not like fucking like, it's not like a attraction. The people well, working just, I, there. I'm just asking a question. <laughs> I know, but like, what the fuck? You're not like you didn't walk into Wall Street, and be like, oh, can I just walk on the floor and just look around? Like, no, it's you know, business being held. I feel like we can walk on Wall Street. We have investor, or I have, I have a linked like investment. Um, what's it called? Like the fucking account number. I think I can actually get in there. I don't know. I yeah, think you could... might be able to. In the Dark Knight you... Rises, they made it seem very easy, but that was like Gotham. <laughs> whatever but you know we know, or it's supposed to be more like chicago or whatever the fuck but you know they bane got in there very easily it didn't seem like he had much pushback when he was going into that fake wall street kind of situation so yeah i, I think you could just meant legally but yeah maybe that way too <laughs> no but he just like walked in first and then he like was like hello i'm here to make a business deal mm. you must all buy bitcoin or i'm going to blow your brains out speaking about nolan are you gonna go see oppenheimer um you know i'm I've been saying I've seen a lot of movies recently, and not one of them has made me gun out. I wanted to see mm. the one by uh, your boy, Joaquin Phoenix. The director. Oh, yeah, yeah. Bo is afraid. I didn't even see that. Not that oh. I didn't want to, but just going to a theater. I don't know. It just, it's just like an extra thing. Yeah. Also, don't want to get shot. Shout out America. Yeah, um, that's also true. <laughs> shout out America. Uh, but yeah, so that one I wanted to see. I wanted to see Into the Spider-Verse. That's still rolling, so maybe I might mm-hmm. catch that. But Oppenheimer, I do want to see. It's a nice, you know, Christopher Nolan does the nice IMAX films and all that. And I heard like the story. I don't know. Did you hear that story where it's like the longest IMAX filmed film or something? Has, has sure. like the, has the most IMAX footage. And they're like the weight of the film was like fucking 54 pounds alone. And it's like, well, you know, it sounds interesting. And I like that main actor, uh, Cillian Murphy. I feel like he's always mm-hmm. a side character, but he has like a very distinct face. Yeah, yeah, he's good. I actually didn't know about... I and didn't RDJ's know... in it. I didn't know that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He is in it. I didn't know about 
Christopher Nolan's really strict rules with like the production company. I don't know if you knew about this. I didn't know that he was with Warner Bros until Tenet. And then once Tenet came out, he split with them. And now he's making Oppenheimer's under Universal. But I didn't mm-hmm. know that he his rules is there can't be anything, I think, in IMAX that will compete two weeks before or two weeks after. And then it like it has to be R-rated. $100 million is for Oppenheimer. And it's R-rated. Like budget? Yeah, like he has like this really like strict rule list of like, hey, I'll work with you if all of these. Which I didn't know. And honestly... For some reason, when I read it, it kind of rubbed me the wrong way. So I was like, I don't know if, like, do you really think you're him like that? Like, after Tenet, you really think you're that guy? I think he's still him. He, I mean, any studio. $100 would, million dollars for an R rated biopic? I think any studio would pay money, would have paid the bill to have Oppenheimer. That's true, that. but will we? I, I mean, I don't know. Maybe. Make That's what news. I'm saying. It's also the thing is too with Nolan is he likes to do the thing where like the last movie is the longest movie and it's like at this yeah. point like he's doing mini so series. <laughs> like it's, it's true. It's like all right, we don't need it. I feel like he's just doing that arbitrarily. Like it's not like actually like Necessary. part of the narrative or help or helping at all with the story. So like this last movie is going to be like a mini series basically. But no, I think Nolan can definitely command that. Now the thing with like the no IMAX competitor like two weeks before, two weeks after, or whatever. That's very much like gives me Vin Diesel, the rock vibes where it's like they can't or Jason Statham. I remember that being like an issue where it's like they with him and the rock where it's like they both can't lose. They both can't be seen like getting punched in the face or something. You know, know he's fucking pissed about that role. Who? Tom Cruise. He's got a Mission Impossible movie coming out this summer. That's what I was thinking, too. The only other IMAX movie that I was like can actually compete would be Mission Impossible, which to be honest, looks better than Oppenheimer. Yeah, I mean it does, and I think you have you see? Did you see Fallout? Yeah, I think I saw, I saw that one in IMAX. I felt like yeah. I saw that with you. You might have. I don't know. I this year's that was before the pandemic, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So I feel like I saw it in IMAX. Definitely, possibly saw it with you. I know that Alex is super hyped to see it. I will probably see that too. I'm sure if you want to join, you can join. That'd be good at that Regal too. With yeah, that nice, Dead nice Reckoning Part One. And yeah, it's in the, so how do you how do you feel about that? There's been a lot of part ones recently. No, I don't like it. I don't like it either because no. Into the Spider Verse I didn't even know was a part one. Yeah, no, I don't like I don't like I don't like part one, part twos, stuff like it's, that. It's just kind of like make a movie. Yeah, I mean it's something that we're gonna circle back to later. But if you're gonna <laughs> give me a, a story, give me the whole story, and then if you yeah. want to do more, that's fine. But don't like set it out to be. Don't give me half of it. You know what I'm saying? Give me all of it. Oh. I'm just give me all of it. I'm he here now. Yeah. So he wants we it all, ladies and gentlemen. We did our thing. I want everything right now. But uh let's get into it. God damn it, Blue's fucking barking. It's but okay. Get... She's just getting excited, okay? It's been a while. <laughs> She's excited for the new setup. She can hear that we're we're feeling good today. And yeah, this is a PlayStation podcast. So let's go ahead and talk about what we've been playing before we get into the news, which there will be a ton of. All right. Um do you want to kick it off, Mark? With I mean, you already talked about Resident Evil Eight a little bit, but you can, you've been actually on a horror kick recently. I'm looking at this. Yeah, unintentionally so, but yeah, it really is true. So Resident Evil Eight was pretty much today. I just did that, and then Amnesia: Dark Descent. I've been playing a little bit every night. I want to play the new one, Amnesia: Bunker, but I did read that they are somewhat connected. So I was like, okay, well, I have the Amnesia collection actually thanks to you, and really? then I. Got I it? 
it was on PlayStation Plus years ago. Oh, shout out me. <laughs> but yeah, so shout out you. You had that. And then I bought Amnesia Rebirth, which came out in 2020. So I'll get to that at some point. I'm still playing through Dark Descent, even though I know it's a very short game. It's taking me a while because it's my first time playing it. So it's very, you know, you don't have weapons. A lot of it is sneaking and going around these kind of like really dark um confusing corridors trying to figure out puzzles with items and stuff like that so it's taking me longer than maybe it should i think that its setup is really good and i think it's really cool that it's like 1800s castle it is very creepy one thing that is kind of keeping me from progressing too far in it is if it it does i can tell that it's old i think it's a late 2000s game and i can really feel the age on it yeah no it definitely is a visually even from the screenshots Mm -hmm. looked old yeah but i've been playing that mostly because i want to get to rebirth or uh yeah rebirth and then i want to get to bunker the other ones here you see i have dead space on here i went ahead and restarted that i played two chapters of it it's fantastic i don't really have anything extra to say the other one that i did want to talk about though is last of us part two i finished my grounded plus uh playthrough which i've been playing this game on and off since it came out Mm-hmm. And so now my grounded plus playthrough is done. And the only thing I have to do left is basically just play it a little bit, upgrade some more skills and weapons, and then my platinum will pop. So I'm excited for that. After finishing part two, I will still, most of my opinions about it have have not changed. I would say it's grown on me a little bit more, but I still think that there are just certain things that I can't that I can't act like are not frustrating. Now there's frustrating in the sense of things don't work out the way you want. And then there's frustrating in the sense of like, I don't really think things would go down like that. And the thinking things wouldn't go down like that. There's still too many of, but it is an excellent game. Uh, yeah. I, Especially I, the, replaying. The, I don't it. know why the first thing that comes up is Tommy. And I understand what Tommy, I understand no, 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 Tommy's situation. Well, I don't want to spoil it, but you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, I remember that that was a like a hot button where you're like, it doesn't even make sense. Yeah, yeah. No, no, no. That's fair. I think there's... I mean, that was also years ago, though. So I think there was there was something specific about that that I didn't mm-hmm. think made sense. It wasn't motivation. It, has it been changing? Um, I mean, replaying Rewatching it, the cutscenes and shit like that? Yeah, I mean, replaying it, I would say more so... I do think it's an excellent game just because it just is from a technical standpoint and it is also very thought-provoking in a fun way. The thing, though, is it does still hold itself back with some frustrating things that even like seeing them again and having a lot of time to think about them, I'm just like, no, it just... Some of them just... They're those conveniences. Some of the things that happen are too convenient just to keep a story pushing through. And so... It's, I think they're almost even more noticeable on the second playthrough because it's like, I already know what's going to happen. Yeah. So I'm just looking at like how they set them up and some of them, I'm like, there's no way, like, come on. But it's still a great game. I mean, you just can't argue with the technical prowess of what Naughty Dog does is like really just the thing. Yeah, I mean, Bungie contests at what Naughty Dog can do, but everybody yeah. else. That's true. <laughs> Maybe that's just from a multiplayer standpoint, but we're going to see. But what have you been playing? What have I been playing? I've been playing Persona 4 Golden. Obviously, that's going to be a mainstay for a while, just how long those games are. But then the other two things I've been playing, I've been playing demos. Oh, I didn't even put your Liza P demo. So I've been playing the Liza P demo, Alone in the Dark, uh, Prologue, and Final Fantasy 16 demo. I'll start with Final Fantasy 16 because it's the most recent one I've been with. It is 
the demo is fantastic. It's just like the prologue is the intro. I don't think it hurts at all to play it. It's literally the, the save transfers on over. So it's just you're kind of getting out the boring parts anyway. Well, not the boring parts, but the setup at least. And then it comes out later this week. So then you'll just be able to jump into full experience. Final Fantasy 16 is fucking fantastic. It uh, is really gripping me right now. It's, it's, got, it's got me by the balls just because it's very like medieval. It's got the my, my lord, my lady, your grace and all those like uh, medieval royalty terms that are really, really jiving with me right now because I'm also watching Game of Thrones for the first time. So I'm already in that kind of um, mindset in that fantasy world. So it's keeping me there and it's really clicking for me. The story seems pretty interesting. I didn't think it was going to be that depth in depth and like emotional so early on, but it looks like it's, you know, setting up to be possibly game of the year. Um, it's not really been the strongest year, but it's definitely looking like that. Now, uh, one of the things that has been going around about this demo is the performance. And I was playing it in performance mode and it is not a locked 60 frames per second, which is disappointing. But then I did uh, hear earlier today that there is going to be a day one patch. It's going to be small. It's not going to be like a massive day one patch, but it's targeting performance performance within the game and stuff like that. So hopefully it can uh, be a lock 60 or more towards a, at least staying there consistently. I didn't notice too many issues. It's um, it only, it honestly, it doesn't really occur while you're in combat, which is weird. It occurs while like the frame dippage. It occurs while you're just like... Uh, maneuvering throughout the world and walking around and just trying to like talk to NPCs and do your side quests. But when you're in battle, I feel like it is pretty stable. So that's that was kind of odd, but I'm hoping that that's not going to be a continuous issue. But I don't think it's nearly as bad as like Jedi Fallen Order or anything like that. But it is still a little disappointing too because this game was delayed. And I mean, intentionally they came out and were like spe- like specifically saying polish, which the game does feel very very polished. Like, you play this game, and it's just, like, a very expensive, nice, like, Square Enix product, which is nice compared to, like, when you look at their latter releases of, like, Forspoken and Valkyrie Elysium, and it's, like, these are, they feel a little more budget, even though I know Forspoken was supposed to be more, like, a big thing. I remember playing the demo and thinking visually it didn't, like, hold up, and Final Fantasy sixteen visually is fucking fantastic. Mm-hmm. And then just a PSA for anyone out there, be careful if you're looking at stuff on the internet. Copies for that have gone into the wild basically like a week early. Square Enix did release a statement saying that they're going after people that are posting anything. Them. Yeah, so everything is getting taken down and people are getting taken out execution style, lining them up against a wall. But the full game releases on Thursday? Thursday, yeah, the 22nd, which is a weird release date. You mm-hmm. would assume Tuesday or Friday, but yeah. it's out Thursday. Yeah, the two big release days this week are going to be Tuesday and Thursday, right? Because Tuesday is Aliens Dark Descent, and I think that Crash Rumble game. And then well, Thursday is Final Fantasy 16. That Crash Rumble game already crashed. They're good. They don't even got to release that shit. Yeah. But the other game I was playing was Alone in the Dark, the prequel. Um, this one was a little bit uh, weirder of a demo. It doesn't. It, it made me want to play the game and uh, look into it at least. It's, it's discounted on PlayStation for like pre-order. It's like 53 bucks, so it's not even a full price. Um, so the prequel like demo thing has like no combat at all. And it's kind of like you just walk through and like it's more like a flavor test of like what the world's going to be like. And it does look interesting. You know, a lot of like uh, mind altering things and 
obviously it's a horror game, so there's horror elements, but it seems like it's going to look really good. And it's kind of harkening back to those PlayStation three single player games, which is definitely a THQ or embracer group uh, style game. And I believe this is being published by them, if I'm not mistaken. And Mm -hmm. then um, the other game I was playing is also uh, Liza P demo. That game is, it looks really good. But from what I've heard, so this is, I'm not a big Souls person, but from what I've heard is that Souls people, Souls people, hardcore Souls people, the combat isn't quite there. But what really did it for me, what stood out to me was the aesthetic of the world. And it is a game that like makes me, it's like Sekiro where like I fucking wish I could play these games just because they are so cool and look so cool. Um, But I haven't beaten the demo because it's too hard for me. I'm not a hardcore gamer. I'm sorry, guys. Yeah, maybe I'll give it a shot. I wonder what I wonder what they like what they're saying about the the combat isn't there because when you think of Souls games, I feel like there are a couple of different styles. Even yeah, within I'm not, that, I'm not quite sure. Honestly, I just assume the Souls community is kind of shits on every Souls like that's not from from. I think that's but, true. But I also don't think that the reviews and sales numbers match the like what comes from from anyway. So they they mm-hmm. may be onto something, especially with the copying. Of like blatantly and maybe not knowing the exact secret sauce, but Liza P aesthetically looks very very cool. Mm-hmm. And out of the ones that are not officially from from software, I'm sure this will be one of the better ones. And it's a day one Game Pass game, so that also I feel like has like that puts a target on it. So that either puts a target on its back or like people like lift it up for like unnecessary reasons. So it's kind of mm-hmm. like it's even being weirdly judged. And like a lot of those day one Game Pass games are like in that weird area where it's like place some PlayStation fans just like actively shit on it because they're dumb. And then mm-hmm. some Xbox fans actively are like, this game's the fucking best game ever because it's just on there available to them. So it's somewhere in the middle right now. It's it like if I was I mean, I'm not a Souls like, but from the, the temperature in the room, it looks like it's going to be coming in at around a seven. Mm. OK, interesting. Yeah, I want to play it and see. But aesthetically, I think it's like fucking fantastic. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, we're going to see about that now. So speaking about just games and kind of how they received if they come out on day one, that's something that we're going to be talking about pretty much right now. So let's go ahead and start getting into that because we have uh, the first uh, we're going to start with basically the PlayStation Plus kind of like bundle of the show. We've got a couple of different news things related to PlayStation Plus. And so first out of that is it is June and it is the middle of the month. And we know that PlayStation likes to be a little bit annoying and release their (laughs) extra and premium lineup in the middle of the month so that they can get a second kind of like media pop but i kind of wish they would just do it all at once in the beginning so the games that are going to be on the extra and premium tier this month are going to be these are on extra inscription far cry 6 teenage mutant ninja turtle shredders revenge rogue legacy 2 solstice tacoma deus ex mankind divided killing floor 2 lonely mountains downhill vampire the masquerade um i actually can't man it is annoying how they did this so when they announced it it was playstation uk and they did it on like a series of tweets yeah and the way that they're chained together is really annoying uh, 100 yeah. days winemaking simulator a hat in time carto forager dodgeball academia the wild at heart red out Two, thief mx vs atv legends paw patrol mighty pups <laughs> my friend peppa pig dc league of super pets <laughs> <laughs> the talus principle gotta have uh, something for the kids you know 
Yeah, Deluxe Edition, Elix 2, and then the games that are going to be on the premium tier is Killzone Liberation, which is a PSP game, Worms from PS1, and Herc's Adventures from PS1. So, Joel, what do you think about those? Anything from that list on either side stand out to you? The Killzone game seems interesting because it seems like the most uh, substantial premium release outside of mm-hmm. that like, initial launch with like when we when it was a big deal to get siphon filter now we have all fucking six of them so now it's not that big that's it was not a special but uh that seems like a fun game because it's like it seems like it would be playable you know it's a mm. first person shooter from the psp era which is like that playstation 2 kind of era so and i never played that Killzone game so that would be fun to uh dive into and also if it has trophies you know didn't the psp have one analog it did have one analog stick, and then the other analog was like and the analog stick was a fake speaker. How would you look in a first person game with one analog stick? To be honest, I didn't play those kind of games on my PSP. I played this uh this like BMX like motocross game and I played mm-hmm. like GTA Chinatown Wars, which were over the top, which worked with the one analog, but yeah, I don't gotcha. I don't think many first person games came to it for that reason alone. Because that was just like the first thing that I thought of was I was like, <laughs> I wonder if they'll adapt it to be like kind of a standard or if it's like you look and move with one analog, but maybe you like lock when you aim or something. Hopefully they put a little love into it and modernize the they controllers, won't. but they won't. But it'd be nice. And then um, in terms of the extra stuff, fuck, I was, what, what was Far Cry the, 6 is good. Far Cry 6 is good. What Inscription is also great. I know you like that one. I was, I was, there was um, one that we don't Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles is also great. Anything I don't know which one you're st- thinking of. Is I could it, just... did, any, did anything else stick out to you? I think it takes a pretty steep dive after that. I mean, it's Inscription, <laughs> Far Cry 6, TMNT, Rogue Legacy 2, Soul Rogue Stays Legacy took... 2. That was the one that stood out to okay. me. Okay. Gotcha. Yeah, I'm good on that. Being a big uh, big Vita fan over here, you know? Mm. I played the, I did have Rogue Legacy on the Vita. That was one of the games that I would always like return to and I'd always have downloaded on my Vita. So playing the sequel will be fun. Yeah. Definitely. I think so. Just looking at the premium ones, my thinks is like Worms. I feel like Worms is not. I feel like Worms has been kept around, and I don't understand why. I never got Worms either, to be honest. It's been like a thing. It's like one of those games that it's like, oh, it's been around forever, so it like has to be good. Mm-hmm. I and I'm, I might get some heat for this, but I feel the same way about Metal Slug. Yeah, like, you're like, no, yeah, it, to, 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 you could stop. That's I disagree with that because here's the thing: like, though. this shit's been around forever. Like this shit's ass. Like we all but know it's ass. There's a little bit of a difference. So let me go ahead and just call you <laughs> out and go ahead and relax. Right, go ahead and take a hit of your vape because you're wrong and you want to act like you're cool and you think you're right. So here's the thing: Metal Slug <laughs> has been around for a long time because it's just old and has existed. My thing with Worms is they're they like make new ones. Like they keep the old ones and keep re- like releasing them. But they make new ones too, and they're all the fucking same. <laughs> what is Worms? So even... Worms, Worms is, is a multi. It's a multiplayer. So you game. like it? No. What do you mean? Because <laughs> I know what it is. You're the king of multiplayer. I don't. I enjoy multiplayer. I don't think that means I enjoy all multiplayer. You love all multiplayer. I you're a multiplayer you're being, guy. I mean, strangely confrontational for someone who probably hasn't played <laughs> Metal Slug or Worms. I definitely uh, have not played either of them. Okay, so let me go ahead and explain. So Worms is it's a multiplayer PvP game where it's I'm trying to think of what the perspective. It's 2D, so it's flat, and you play as a worm and other people play as worms and you like 
crawl around the environment, get like grenades and guns and like different weapons and just like kill Isn't each it other. Each person takes their turn. I think each you're per- right. Like, I, I think, think it's like right. something where each person takes their turn. Cause I remember like one of my cousins liking to play this game and I just like would watch it. And I'm like, this shit is fucking mm. so stupid. Like worms is just That's like his favorite turn based game. <laughs> favorite turn based. Yeah. But you no, know, I, I remember that being about like that distinctly being where it's like, is this weird? Like one off, everybody gets a move and then like, mm. the object is to kill each other. Yeah. And then metal slug, you know what metal slug is. Isn't it like Contra? Like those, like just yeah. like side scrollers. So it's a yeah. side scroller. I mean, it's better than Contra though, but it's a side scroller wow. like run and gun. Well, the I think the big thing with Metal Slug is like the boss fights are all really good. Mm-hmm. Did we it's play not... a Metal Slug or we played a Contra? We played a Contra. Contras I think are a little rough. Contras are really fucking hard, and the kind of hard that's like you don't need to be this hard. It's unnecessary. You can't handle it, is what you're saying. Yeah, I couldn't. And then, <laughs> but con- uh, Metal Slug is difficult, but not as difficult, but is fun. Either way, I'm just saying that Worms is trash. And I'm saying Metal Slugs, Metal Gun Slug, Metal Slug Gun. That's fair. That can be your opinion. I don't. I think the only separation I was trying to make is that Worms they make like there's like a PS5 Worms. Are you fucking serious? Yeah, there's not. There's not a PS5 Metal Slug. Metal Slugs have just been getting re-released, but they're just the old ones. Maybe there's a fan base. There's a bunch of old heads that would love to play fucking Worms, the original that's, one. That's great. That's honestly, it's good for them. Like, imagine being a kid in 1998 or whenever the fuck that game came out, and your parents came home and they gave you a game called Worms. You're just well, like, what the fuck is this? Your cousin would have been ecstatic. <laughs> there's a, there's some people like everything. It was a PS2 Worms game, but they, I mean, they travel generationally. There's like you said, there's PS5 Worms. Yeah, they keep it around for no reason, and then. Another thing with just PlayStation Plus is uh, PlayStation basically talked about the nature in which they release their first party titles. So PlayStation doesn't release their games day one on the service. They release them regularly and then they come out on the service 12 to 18 months after launch. And basically, I just wanted to relay that they said like they were keeping that same pace because it's working for us. They get their big money rip when the game comes out and then they release it later. So they're just basically doubling down and saying like we're not changing from that. I don't think that's surprising. I think it just makes sense. What do you I think? think? They, they, I feel like they just came out to say it to clarify specifically with Xbox being like everything is coming to Game Pass. Mm-hmm. So they just want to be like, hey, we we ain't doing that shit. So don't don't get no ideas. And mm-hmm. but it is it is peculiar when you look at what is from first party and what is on the service as like horizon a year came and it were year it was on the service grand turismo 7 still nowhere to be seen on the service mm. interested to see how they do it with god of war ragnarok which would be coming up on a year in november so it, it feels like they're obviously they're picking and choosing but it's like it's it feels like ip that they're like eh, this didn't sell well or like we don't really care about like a horizon or like a ratchet and clank and returnal like oh yeah after a year fucking put them on a service give it a second pop but things like gran turismo 7 and god of war i don't think are going to be on like that yearly basis it could be more towards i saw 18 months but i feel like maybe even two years they could probably wait honestly for those bigger playstation exclusives mm. especially with the lack of releases you really can't be putting shit on your service because then it like highlights that even more. Yeah, I think that's true. I think that's a good observation. But what do you think about it? I I think it's 
I don't know, it just makes sense. I don't think about it too much because I understand like you you they're going to release them day one regularly and you're going to pay for it because games are really expensive, you need to pay for it and then that's going to fund whatever they do next. It coming out on the service later, it kind of, because it's first party, I almost don't think about it because most things that are first party, we probably are going to be buying day one. So I just kind of forget about it and I'm like, okay, yeah, I definitely I feel the same way too. Where I don't, I'm not looking at PlayStation Plus as a way for me to like play the PlayStation mm-hmm. library. Like I own probably all the PlayStation library, like the first party releases at least. So I agree with you there, but it's more for like the the common man, the common gamer, the 150s out there. I mean, for I would say it's good. I mean, those services in general are a great value for people who are either just kind of hopping back after maybe missing a generation, or if they maybe play on different consoles or they play PC too, but they're spread a little bit more Then, Yeah. I mean, it's fantastic because then they can just catch up on stuff later. They're not. Um, yeah. I don't know. They're good values. It's hard to say for sure though, just because from both of our perspectives, it's just so different from how we play and enjoy. Like I, yeah. Like honestly, I don't even need to be subscribed to the highest tier. Cause I don't feel like it affects my gaming habit or purchases. PlayStation mm-hmm. just gets more money out of me. Yeah, I mean, I, you know, you know my situation. I don't know what happened, but I'm it's still not, out it's here. Not even, yeah, let's not put it, I don't want to put it out there in the world, you know? But fuck yeah, Jim Ryan. That's true. I don't know what happened, but I'm enjoying it. So another thing that I wanted to mention with Plus is PlayStation came out saying that they're testing streaming for PS5 games. So, yeah. Um, so basically, the they're working on... They said they're in the early stages of basically testing how cloud gaming is going to work for natively streaming PlayStation 5 titles. So what they say is basically the same way that you would stream a PlayStation 3 game or a PlayStation 4 game. They're trying to test out for PlayStation 5 so you can just play the game without downloading it to your system first. They're planning to roll this out as a as a, something that is provided in your premium subscription. I, um, I don't know. I, I kind of saw this and I was like, okay. I, I don't what do you think about it? I don't really understand why they feel the need to do that. Add the PS5 streaming? Yeah. I feel like uh the only well, I mean, they're pushing the streaming thing in general. Mm. And even a few weeks back they kind of mentioned they kind of talked briefly about streaming kind of being the future and yada yada yada. And Xbox does offer streaming with the series games, so I feel like that, you know, they just want to stay on par with whatever mm-hmm. Xbox is offering. And eventually this will be the future, just like how downloading games was seemed like such a far concept. It, it seemed like people were always going to buy disc. Eventually streaming games will be the future. What would be cool though, is that maybe if it's good enough streaming wise, where it's like, we could play maybe the first hour or two and you're like, all right, let me download this now. Mm. It's nice to just like try those games, especially with like, you know, game size being so big. Like fucking 2K is like 150 gigs. Mm-hmm. Jedi Fallen Order is 100 something gigs. Final Fantasy 16, I'm assuming, is going to be a massive fucking game too. So it helps with that, especially if you did not upgrade your PS5 storage and you're still rocking like the 670 gigs they give you. I think streaming is a good way to at least like test out games, but I don't think this generation at least it will be the, it would be good enough to like play a game like Stem to Stern. Yeah, that's fair. And just to clarify a little bit more on what they're working on or what 
would be available. They're saying it will be select PlayStation 5 titles from the Plus catalog. So First party. Yeah, probably first party. And then that'll, it did say that that will include game trials, but it's Ooh. not just going to be like PlayStation 5 games, period. So they'll be probably a selected pool of games that they'll probably roll out with. And then we'll see how that works. I'm, I would imagine this has to also coincide with Project Q to a certain degree. Yeah. So that's kind of that update on that. And then I saw for, I saw this, I don't know if you saw this, but this is something, you know, sometimes when we get the show ready, sometimes stuff like is breaking as we're basically getting ready to go. And I saw a new PlayStation 5, PlayStation Plus Premium console bundle. May what have is leaked. that? Yeah, I agree. So <laughs> it looks like it is a bundle where you would get the console and you would get 24 months of PlayStation Plus Premium. Is it like a different price? Is it like 550 or something? I don't see a price right now, but I think it was just like a digital splash, like a leak. Like it's a box. Yeah. I mean, that's a good value. I think I'm Xbox... showing it to Joel right now. Yeah, that looks that looks like something that would be real. Yeah. But uh I I mean that's a good value. I know Xbox does that with the Game Pass. You got to the both Sony and Microsoft like they want that passive income because mm-hmm. that kind of keeps everything afloat. And it, I mean, <laughs> I don't. I mean, I'm just I, laughing because it's like it's it's like them rise and grind, but it's like they make so much money. But it, it is true, rising grind for yeah. at least for fucking Xbox, they need it to like stay afloat. That's the true. only reason Xbox is around is just because Microsoft as a company can literally mm-hmm. lose money because they make so much money with this That's Xbox true. division. So for Sony, it is about like kind of maintaining a steady income of cash because at least with Sony, they get those big like ebbs and flows when a big release comes out they get a lot of actual sales now with microsoft i don't that's why this game pass thing just kind of seems unrealistic because they don't have that sale boost and then the passive income coming in that way mm-hmm. but I, it just makes sense you got to market it you got to tie that specifically to the brand so they know that like oh when you get a playstation you got to get plus it's just like the same thing where it's like if you have an xbox and you don't have game pass it's like what the fuck are you doing yeah i mean that's definitely true absolutely i do i just wish that premium would get a little bit more love on the games front i just wish honestly there was no subscriptions like this you know Mm -hmm. i just don't feel like i don't think it works for games i don't think games are that type of medium where it's like having a lot of them is good i do like extra but i do think premium is too much i yeah I, i mean i like extra but even then like i get significant value out of extra I guess I'll, I'll play it. a lot of times there will be stuff that I'm like excited for. And then maybe like earlier sequels or something will just be on there. So I will play them. Yeah, that's true. I mean, the extra, the extra game pad or extra <laughs> PlayStation tier. Fucking it's just hard to keep straight, but it like, mm-hmm. uh, it fills in the holes for us specifically that have, we haven't purchased like the very few games that we haven't purchased on the store. But, um, even then it's like, I don't, I don't think I like intrinsically need it. Like I missed mm-hmm. when it was like those four games, like you ride and die on those like four like uh, essential games. Mm-hmm. And it's like, you know, sometimes obviously it's looking back with rose colored glasses when it's shitty, it fucking sucks. But when it's good and when you get like a month where it's like, oh, fuck, I remember I will always remember when like Metal Gear Solid 5 came to PlayStation Plus like a year mm-hmm. or two after it was released. And I was like, what the fuck? This is awesome. 
Yeah, and you never played it. And I never played it. <laughs> but it's cool. Now you always have it forever. And now I have it forever. But now I am a Kojima fan, so now I'm It's like play we got it. I thought 2K was awesome this month. That's what I'm saying. 2K is an essential game. Like those mm-hmm. like you will, will will remember those. Like who won't forget when Sticks was a PlayStation Plus oh classic? One of the worst games ever, and the worst thing about it is that it pops a trophy like instantly. Yeah. So you got that one percent forever. I mean it definitely I definitely agree with what you're saying as to if these subscriptions are really necessary for a lot of people. It just depends on how people play games. I feel like they might be, I wouldn't say necessary, but it makes sense that I'm a little bit more like I enjoy it a little bit more because I kind of will just play like random ass games. I'll Mm -hmm. like try a lot of strange or like weird not to say that you don't like go out there and experiment too, but I know that I'll go and play something that's like maybe shitty, maybe not shitty, but if I'm not paying extra for it, I'm like, oh, I'll try it. But like I'm also tail. I'm also one of those guys who had fucking PlayStation now maxed out since that came out. So it's like I just like to have everything that's offered to mm-hmm. get like the full experience of what it is they're saying that they're offering. But I also feel like it's not the reason why we do it but i almost feel a little bit more justified being like well we also cover this stuff so like i like having the full access to what is there yeah and i feel i feel that too so it's like yeah i like to see exactly what the product offers like like you said everything it offers but Mm -hmm. like it doesn't it's not essential like it's not gonna make or break no me at all i don't think it's essential i would agree with that i think if you if you have been a playstation player for generations and i say that like even if it's just ps4 but like maybe towards the beginning of ps4 you'll be fine just essential you don't even need extra yeah i think extra is really good if you come in and you didn't have a ps4 and premium i would say premium is only i think you should only be dabbling in premium if you're finishing two to three games a month like if you are blowing through games and you play a shit ton then premium is good but if not it you're not gonna probably not gonna be playing any of those games anyway yeah and i mean the premium also the premium tier like i feel like the reason they get the slack on the playstation one classic games or playstation classic games because it you know varies i don't know ps1 like is like oh the streaming aspect for ps3 and it's like nobody fucking uses that like yeah it's like, why is this that. even here agreed i think uh, the two things i mean with premium if they can make of course, it's just been like that thing we've been wanting forever. If they can figure out to, a way to run PlayStation 3 games natively, that'd be fantastic. Even separate from that, I don't know if they ever promised this or if I just made this up in my head, but I would really enjoy if they started putting PlayStation 2 games on premium. I, I feel like that. that was part of it. I mean, those are classic games. You're talking about games now that are um, they're hitting 20 years old. It's also the biggest library. Oh, unless it... PS3 has, I think the libraries have increased in terms of volume because of indie games. PS2 is definitely bigger than PS3. I know that. Amount of games released? Yeah, absolutely. No. PS4 might be bigger in terms of like the amount of time it's been out. Yeah, and digital and stuff like that. But PS2 is definitely bigger than PS3. I can't believe that. But while you're looking it up, I'll go ahead and just give another side note. Um, We're getting a lot of showcases this summer and another showcase that's going to be later in the year is gamescom and playstation said that they will not be at gamescom this doesn't come as a huge surprise as the last time they showed up at gamescom was back in 2019 before the pandemic in addition to that they hold their own state of plays and their own showcases so it's not really too surprising that they won't be showing up at gamescom did you see anything about the libraries so ps2 uh, says it has over 3800 games Mm -hmm. have been released on the ps2 
1.5 billion copies of games have been sold on PS2. So now let's look Damn. at PS3. That's fucking a lot of money. Yeah, while well, you're looking at PS3, I'm going to look up PS4. I want to see if there's something there, even though, of course, PS4 technically would still be getting released. So it wouldn't just, necessarily count the same. Go ahead. I just always naturally assumed it went up because games became easier to release. That is fair, definitely. So I think... Now, now this is fun, actually, because this is like one of those little analytical kind of dilemmas. So that's true. The barrier of entry is lower and it's easier to get a game out there. You don't necessarily have to do a physical release. and You can have indie titles. I think something that makes it harder, though, is games take longer to develop and are more expensive. Back in the PS2 days, you'd be pumping them out probably within a year. You could get a game announced and out the door. Huh. Hmm. So it looks like it's saying here, this is just a Google answer, saying that the PlayStation 3 library is estimated to be around 25 to 2600. Mm-hmm. So that does put the PS3 actually as a, which I never would have thought. That's I was crazy. pretty, I was gotta, pretty confident in that. Yeah. I got to dive reason... deeper into, into the numbers, but I think that this is, this seems conclusive. I would Google a lot of me. Yeah, so I think I think without a doubt we can say PS2 has a bigger library than PS3. The reason why I knew that is because I like to watch a lot of like YouTubers that just collect games and like looking at their game rooms or their game collections, and they always talk about PlayStation 2 having like a massive library. That's like it's so ridiculous how many games are on there. So I knew that that was going to be bigger than PS3. Damn, that's crazy. You know what is also crazy is that a copy of prison break on ps3 is 86 dollars and 71 cents <laughs> that is insane and deep silver published this game wonder why mm. they went down fucking making prison break you stupid fucks who knows some of those games could be hidden they could be hidden. i mean i have the ps3 now so i definitely want to dive back into that library with lack of releases in the summer but and lack of putting them on premium i mean you could stream well, them but that's true i but wonder yes, if do you so think you, the key light would be good for that for for streaming ps3 games uh i don't know because it's going through two things at that point it's like you're streaming out of the ps5 which is streaming onto the q light theoretically how it's going to work anyway that's what i'm saying theoretically i think that's how it works anyway so it Mm -hmm. shouldn't be that much of a delay but i don't know if adding that extra vector like makes it slow down a bit but mm-hmm. I would I, I wouldn't use Q Lite for that. I would use Q Lite for like PlayStation One classic smaller games like mm-hmm. Persona. I would fucking always just have like a Persona or like a JRPG in general, just like in the background playing on that on the Q Lite. Yeah. But I mean, the controllers fit more for action games too. Like I can I can honestly see if it if it runs well, like playing like Spider Man and like mm-hmm. finishing up trophies and shit like that. So. I mean, just to see that whenever we do get that. But yeah, I guess PS3 did sell more than PS or PS2 has more games than PS3. Mm-hmm. Yeah, gigantic library, especially like different regions, different region locked games, all those license tie ins. Those license tie ins, too, were crazy back in the PS2 days. I forgot about the license tie ins. They were pumping them out. But in terms of what we have now and moving forward, we're going to start basically getting into the showcase section of the show. So a lot of new stuff to talk about. We're going to start out with Summer Games Fest and talk about what was announced. We'll kind of do this similar to how we've done it in the past. If you're new here, first of all, thanks for joining. But normally the way we do these is we'll go game by game. Most of the time, it'll be something that we both have something to say on. But if I mention one, you're like, pass, that's cool. We can just pass it. Mm -hmm. And of course, if people want kind of to look and see for themselves, you can just kind of look up everything announced at whatever the showcase is. There's always a thousand outlets that cover them like that. (laughs) So 
kind of starting off, we'll go big here and I will want to hear from you on this because I think you're the resident expert at the moment on this is Final Fantasy VII Rebirth is supposed to be coming in early 2024. So they showed a kind of gameplay trailer, which I was confused as to what was happening. But <laughs> nonetheless, I know that you're really excited for this. So what say you? I mean, I'm super excited. The release date seems a little bit sooner than I was expecting. I don't know why, just the game was released in 2020. So it coming out four years afterwards, because I believe it said early 2024 or winter 2024, something like that. So Mm -hmm. it seems about right. Four years. I'm excited to continue playing this game. I hope this wraps it up. I wouldn't want it to be a trilogy just because it was based on one game originally and like getting the complete story over like, seven to eight years does seem a little annoying but i mean i'm excited to play it it's now going into the area of final fantasy 7 where i don't know too much about the like actual world and lore so now i may actually start playing final fantasy 7 again to like wherever i think this next game might end because that's how i played the original remake is i played the midgar section of the original game and then played the remake so mm. i have to go back and uh, play some ff7 I also think you're absolutely right with saying winter because I feel like we talked about being like, when does winter technically end? And I think winter ends in it's March. Like March. Yeah. Yeah. It ends in March. <laughs> so, I, yeah, I think you're right. They definitely did that. The other thing, I mean, there's a bunch of things. So, we also got with Spider Man 2, we got an official release date that will be coming out on October 20th, 2023. And so, that's, of course, exciting, right? We saw that at the PlayStation Showcase, thought it looked fantastic, but didn't have a release date, oddly enough. So, they saved it for this cool I, I mean i'm happy to see it they showed like a little screenshot image with miles peter and venom and they mentioned that venom won't be eddie brock of course they're kind of throwing it up in the air tease you but they said it's not eddie brock and i feel like it's pretty obvious i think who so they teased who it was but i i thought that was a weird clarification I've, i mean i feel like jeff just asked said that because there's like the general audience who's like oh it's gonna be eddie brock i mean there's a script there script. has to be a script. There is a script. I did like that Brian Ichitara did hold back with the villains because I remember when mm-hmm. remember when Spider Man originally came out and that trailer was shown at the mm-hmm. PlayStation conference. Everybody complained because it basically showed all like the sinister sticks and like ruined. It, it, it was like no, like people were complaining because I mean when you played the game you didn't realize it, but that's like the halfway part where like a big reveal happens and you saw basically that in a trailer so this one definitely showed a lot more restraint seems like it showed really only early footage and we only know of craven and venom as villains so far and you know there's going to be more well si- more that's ones. not true who else do we know we know, we know rafe too tax taskmaster taskmaster rafe mm. i actually don't know who else but i the reason i know taskmaster for sure because in the trailer that they had at the playstation showcase when craven is going into the city he's like looking at his GPS map and it shows like different icons of people. And I think if you like, if you want to, you can kind of freeze frame through that and see anyone who's on that. Most of them, I think are kind of people, we know, like I think black cat was on there, taskmaster, and then maybe a couple of other people, but I don't think anyone like crazy. Nothing like sinister six level. Yeah. So hopefully we get, you know, some, some other secret reveals. I mean, I'm assuming that we're going to get some goblin, some goblin goblins. Yeah, I would think so, too. I mean, again, this is a... You would imagine, right? If you play the other ones, probably. Or maybe they're saving it for three. Who knows? But I, I am excited to play this game. It's it's kind of weird because it reminds me of like how I felt with God of War Ragnarok, where it's like... I'm exci- like I say I'm excited, but like mm-hmm. I'm not like, 
over the moon like i can't wait to play it but then like i know when i'm playing it i'm gonna be like holy shit this is like so fucking good yeah i know exactly what you mean you just know that when you play it the quality will be there but since Mm -hmm. it's something that you know it doesn't have that same like factor yeah yeah that makes sense i feel the same way so next we have prince of persia the lost crown the reason why i laugh is because so this was shown also at the Ubisoft Forward, which we'll talk about. I actually thought it looked decent. Until I thought the that's, price. Yeah, <laughs> I thought that the combat looked pretty cool because it shows a mechanic where basically you can kind of like be mid-combo, make a copy of yourself, and then kind of teleport back into it. And I thought that looks really cool. But they did announce that it will be coming out sometime next year, but it's also going to be releasing for 50 And it really doesn't look like a $50 game. I'm sure that games are more expensive now, but I think that and people who are probably really Prince of Persia fans, like I guess are having a problem. So that's not really doing the best online in terms of like people's reactions to that game. Yeah. The reaction is mixed at best. I saw a lot of people not really driving with the art style. Also just saw fans that seem like, like this is not the Prince of Persia product they want to hear from with mm-hmm. Ubisoft. So and $50, you know, not to diminish any game, but you know, it's Ubisoft. You can release that shit at 30. Come on. Yeah, and that's a that's a thing too, where like it, can, it without all the context, it can be tough to do like side by side comparisons of like, well, if this game is fifty, is this one worth fifty? But because Ubisoft think, Mirage is fifty, right? No, that's sixty. I mean, Assassin's Creed Mirage. But is even 60. then, even if it's only sixty, I mean, still, I think you know, it's a, a kind of odd priced one. I think the sequel, I think Hot Wheels Unleashed Two is fifty. I think that's forty nine ninety nine. Well, that's good because they're going to charge you forty nine ninety nine to get the rest of the game. That's true, but as we know, and we will continue <laughs> to cover here on the show and in perpetuity, that is every fucking game now. That is every game now. I've been and seeing so many games now, and like when I, I like to look through the coming soon and look at pre orders. I, I don't pre order games, by the way. I don't really think that anyone should hear, but because you're just giving them money and you don't even know what the full product is yet. But I like to look to see like, all right, what are they trying to ask of people? Mm-hmm. What are they trying to promise? And I'm seeing that early access shit so much more. That's going to be the move for pre-ordering. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, we, I mean, we'll, we'll talk about them when we bring up these kind of new games. We'll talk about what kind of monetization they're having, that kind of stuff, just so that you're better informed. I guess while we're on the topic, before we kind of get too far away from Spider-Man 2, you can pre-order a deluxe edition of the game and you get a bunch of different suits and those suits cannot be earned any other way in the game except for if you pre-order the deluxe edition. So I did see that and that's an article and obviously people have some kind of reaction because it's not just like you're buying the deluxe or pre-ordering and getting like early access. It's like these skins are made only for if you get the extra version, which that sucks. it that's does like really fun thing to do in that game is getting all the suits. It is. I totally agree. And then it, it made me think I would really want to know. I want to know. I would want to know what's the design philosophy behind what gets put into the game and what gets behind a paywall for like skins and stuff. Right. Because naturally there are a lot of times in I think it, it might be different for single player and multiplayer games. But in multiplayer games, I mean, most of the time, the cool shit is always paid. Always. Yeah. But like, why pers- do they do like the Sam Raimi Spider-Man is like hidden behind a paywall. That's the thing where it's like, I don't, yeah, it's like, what if they do that? Like, I can't see myself spending more than the ticket price to get into Spider-Man 2. Yeah, because it's coming out at 70. So it's like, I mean, that's more than enough. Yeah. Is it, are you not satisfied <laughs> with that? <laughs> like 70 fucking dollars. Goddamn. Yeah, no, I agree. So just bringing that up to you, yeah, is that those will be 
behind that. And so one of my big highlights for Summer Games Fest is that we got a good look at Mortal Kombat 1. We got a nice big gameplay trailer. I got super fucking hype when Kenshi was shown. They went ahead and showed a number of characters and then they brought out Ed Boon to talk about cameo fighters and how they'll be interacting with the gameplay. Cameo fighters are basically when you pick a character, you'll also pick a cameo fighter and you can double up. So if you're Sub-Zero and Sub-Zero is available as a cameo fighter, you can do that. Basically what it is, is when you're in the game fighting, you can use these combos and these moves that will have assists from your cameo fighter. Think about like Marvel vs. Capcom, that type of stuff, but you can't fully switch out with that character. They're just there to assist you. Some characters will be in the roster and the cameo roster. Some will only be in the cameo roster, they did say. I think the full roster at the moment is 24. It looked like 24. Now, I did want to mention this. Um, I'm not going to go ahead and say it here just because if somebody doesn't want to know, I don't want to spoil it for them. But I know 19 of the 24 characters that are on the roster. God, damn. So I did see a leak. Um, like I said, I, I'm not going to say it here. But if you want to see, you can probably go online and find it pretty easily. I'm pretty fucking excited. I will say I thought the roster looked really fucking good. And there's kind of supporting... They're supporting info to make that leak credible. So for instance, I'm not talking about anyone who's on the list, but for people who are not on the list, we know that Mortal Kombat 1 is kind of a resetting of the timeline since 11. So you're not going to be getting Cassie Cage. You're not going to be getting Jackie Briggs, the kids of those other characters. They they wouldn't be there timeline-wise. So the roster that I saw made sense, and I'm really excited for it. And then, of course, we know some of the leak for the first combat pack for that too. So... What what do you think when you watch Mortal Kombat trailers? I'm just curious. I'm like Mark's really gonna enjoy this. That's yeah, really, that's honestly what I think. I'm like, I know Mark is having a ball and he knows all these fucking characters. Mm. But, but um, I mean, it looks fun. I mean, I'll, Mortal Kombat is visually always appealing, and it's always fun to watch you fuck people up like mm. playing it because it's like the you know fatalities are cool, the moves are cool. It's like grotesque and gory, but um. But yeah, I mean, just when I watch it, I'm just like, I hope Mark enjoys this. I hope it has yeah. the characters he likes. But that, that's really all I, I think. And then another thing that uh, to mention with the cameo characters I heard Ed Boon mention is that, it, that those cameo characters are going to be like homages to like the Mortal Kombat lore. So those are going to be some like classic characters, mm-hmm. which seems a little annoying when he said that, because it's like, why would you not make those playable? Yeah, I, I Cause agree. Because isn't like Goro a cameo character not a the, playable character the thing though is is we don't know if he is going to be playable too okay but we he might be he in, might not be but that's what i'm saying like you'd be pissed if you can't play as goro yeah and you know what they would do they'll just sell him to you later exactly i mean i agree so, there are people in the and i don't feel bad about saying this the combat pack i'm not going to spoil the roster for the main game because i feel like that is spoiling it they want to announce that the combat pack at first i don't feel like that's as bad but like you know the combat you need pack, to be informed on what you're buying so yeah the, com- the combat pack does have Quan Chi and Ermac and I and Takeda Takeda is fine as a DLC character I think that Quan Chi and Ermac is you can have those in the base game they're important but then Ermac again, you is like very essential I thought you also don't need Shang Tsung to be a fucking pre-order bonus when he was in the combat pack for the last game yeah and like the guys you're naming are for me are like the mainstays, but that's also because I was in like the Mortal Kombat nine and like 10 mm-hmm. and like those guys were always a part of that roster. So I know that the 
based on the timeline priority takes place on who has to be on the main roster for story yeah. purposes even alone exactly for story purposes but either way exciting time for mortal Kombat. interested to see how that's going to release that is one of the few it's one of the few titles that i will i mean you can sign me up for whatever the highest tier of the game probably is they normally do just base and then like a bigger one so i'll probably just go with the bigger one because that'll come with combat pack and that kind of stuff and then cool loading screens when they showed them you just pick your characters and then it kind of like seamlessly blends in which is really cool and then for people who are netherrealm studios fans in general i did actually read an article that came out after summer games fest where ed boone talked about like don't worry injustice 3 is still being made but Mortal Kombat 1 is being made in Unreal Engine 4. The reason why he made sure to mention that was because he was like, we were thinking about moving it to Unreal Engine 5, but you wouldn't get it until the late like 20s if we Damn. moved it onto that next engine. So this will be an Unreal Engine 4, but they were like, we wanted to do that so that we could still release a game and not have it take so long. So probably the last Unreal Engine 4 game from them. I would imagine. I would imagine that, and then they'll probably, in Justice 3, they'll probably switch over and that'll just be a later release yeah i might play the story mode of this because it's mortal kombat 1 2 so it's like Mm -hmm. a fresh like this can be my timeline my canon with the series Mm -hmm. and i do like that they're changing things up because in this one isn't like sub-zero and scorpion brothers not rivals or something like that exactly it's it's kind of fun how they're playing with it and i like the color palette too it's like a whole it's lighter it's brighter Mm -hmm. it's more fun and it feels like they're leaning more into the camp which they, it's already been kind of campy at times, but it's like they're leaning more into it. Yeah. I'm, yeah, I'm glad. I think it'll be good. And obviously the movie Mortal Kombat 2, we saw they kind of rounded out the cast of that. We saw the giant fucking bodybuilder who's going to be Shao Kahn. And then Carl With Urban no is going to be Johnny Cage, <laughs> which is sick. That's a good, that's great casting. Mm-hmm. That's great. But also, you know, it's great casting, but I don't want him to be like typecast into like being like IP guy. But... <sighs> You know, he kind of already was though. He was already because yeah. I know he's uh, he's what is he in the boys? What do you mean? What is he like? His character? I forgot the Billy name. Butcher. Billy Butcher. Yeah, he's Billy Butcher, and then now he's gonna be Johnny Cage. Like he's, I don't <sighs> want him to be like typecast as like, oh, he's gonna be like the nerdy guy actor. You know. Mm, I don't want to. Yeah, I mean, you know what his other big release was before the boys, right? What was it? Judge Dredd. <laughs> yeah joel hates this movie i do too but i i don't think he knew that because he's wearing a helmet obviously the whole movie but yeah that's carl urban i mean yes yeah, this guy's ass let's just all right him, we can know, just move horrific. on well Jesus. let's go all right let's switch off of that you know palette cleanser fortnite is revealing <laughs> that transformers is going to be in the game right wow. i don't think we have much to say on that we could probably skip definitely timely um sonic superstars is a new td classic 2d classic sonic game coming later this year i think it looks cool but i don't really have that much to say about it yeah this i mean yeah that's that's all you with the sonic it look i didn't like the art style that that was the one thing i noted when we watched it i didn't like Mm -hmm. the art style i liked they showed they showed a level or two that looked a little bit more like kind of techno i don't know a better way of describing it but those looked cool but the rest of them i agree it almost looked too cute like chibi yeah so mm-hmm. we'll see. That's going to be a brand new side-scrolling game with four-player co-op. You can play as multiple characters, Sonic, Tails, Knuckles, Amy Rose, and you can, I guess, play with up to all four people at the same time, which actually does seem kind of cool. But that'll be coming out this fall, which is nice just that it's coming out close. It's not getting announced, and then it's really far. Alan Wake 2, we saw another 
maybe a little bit more gameplay. I didn't think it was a whole lot, but it looks good. It, me and Joel, while we were watching, kind of said, you know, this looks like if you were to cross Alan Wake with like Resident Evil a little bit, which isn't a complaint because we mm-hmm. love that. But they showed a little bit more of that, and that is going to be coming out on October 17th. And they brought out Sam Lake to kind of talk about it. And he was wearing a cool green suit, like velvet. It was a very nice velvet suit. But I did feel like Sam Lake, he uh, obviously there's a language barrier. But like I don't know. I didn't under, quite quite understand how the story works. Because he initially mm-hmm. said that it was 50-50. Like you can play the game half as the new protagonist and half as Alan Wake. And then he was later on saying you can play as whichever one you want for the whole game and i was and so i i would like some clarification i'm pretty sure we're going to get that as the game nears its release mm-hmm. but i was a little like can i play the game as alan wake or is, or is it can i play the game as like the new girl or is it like because i in my mind i just assumed that you would be going back and forth or playing like two three chapters one person kind of like resident evil style yeah i think First of all, it would be good for them to just give a little bit more clarification so that we don't have to guess. The way that I understood that was there is the same amount of game made for Alan Wake or uh, Saga, the new FBI agent. Mm-hmm. But I, what I got understood is like you can play. This is, of course, just an estimate, but let's say each of their stories is like eight hours. What I understood is you can just swap in and out whenever, or if you want, you can play like Alan Wake's front to end and then switch to the FBI agent and do hers front to end. But they're both needed to complete the game. But I would, yeah. And also, yeah, I would just want to know what's the canonical way. Like what's the way in like Sam Lake's mind, the story is told. And Mm. I would just, and I just would prefer that. Yeah. Interesting. I want to be told what to do, you know? I think that it's an interesting concept. I'd want to see when the game comes out or if a little bit more information comes out as to like, why would I want to switch between the two? Otherwise, I could just see a lot of people just doing Alan Wake all the way and then switching over. Or Mm -hmm. if you do have to do both of them, maybe it would be smarter to do the FBI agent first because if you're more interested in Alan Wake's story, you probably want that to be how you finish the game. That's like the nugget that pulls you through. Yeah. So we'll see. But I, I agree with what you said. I, I would like a little bit more clarification on that. Um, like a Dragon Gaiden is coming this November. That is going to be a spinoff. Like a Dragon Gaiden, the man who erased his name, will officially release on November 9th. I think it looks fucking sick. I did tell Joel to look away <laughs> from the screen because he is playing Yakuza but hasn't got to that certain point yet. So... I told him to look away, but it looks really good. I don't think there's a whole lot that needs to be said. I don't think this is like a surprise, right? Kiryu is who you're playing as. Is it standard Yakuza combat or is it the turn-based new stuff? It's standard Yakuza combat in the sense that it is action and fighting, but there is an additional twist to the way combat works, which looks really cool. Ooh, I'm excited. Um, I got to play Yakuza 6, though, to play this game. Yes, correct. If You, you, you should... I don't think that you have to play all Yakuza's in order. By the way, this is just kind of a... I guess I'm shitting on IGN here, but I just wanted to mention it. IGN posts these fucking, like, how to play this series in order all the time for all these different series. And they posted one for Yakuza, and Yakuza is literally 0, 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6. Like, you can't fucking count. Like, there's no special way to play them. They're in order. Even the 0. guys. Guess what? This is how you play Yakuza. All the way from zero to six. <laughs> so fucking stupid. But what I was going to say is that you can, while they are in chronological order, 
the way that the stories are set, they kind of wrap pretty nicely. So you can play them in any order you really want to. For this one, like a Dragon Gaiden, it probably would be good if you played six because the setup for this one is like definitely from six. And I think it looks really good. Separate from this, we did and we didn't see it because I believe it was at the Xbox showcase and also the RGG showcase was like a Dragon eight. But I don't even really want to talk about that much here because one, it was at the Xbox showcase. Of course, it will come to PlayStation, but also from what I heard, I heard that the like announcement of that was extremely spoiler heavy. So I don't even want to spoil it for myself. Do you know the title of it? Because I found out what the title was. I know what the title is, and I don't think the title is a spoiler. Okay, it's Infinite Wealth. Yeah, it's like a dragon Infinite Wealth, and it comes out sometime in 2024. I know a little bit more than that, which I won't share here, but there's something a little bit more than that, which was really spoilery in the way that it was announced. And that's in the announcement trailer? Yeah, it's in the announcement trailer. So, like, so, I didn't even watch that. I'm like, I don't need to see that. Yeah. I mean, Yakuza knows their audience, and it's like, if you're a hardcore, like, you're, I guess you're keeping up with it, or you know, to, like, avoid mm-hmm. it. Like, we're in regardless. Like, you don't need to, like, convince us. Yeah, and especially because with with seven, you know, seven since you're switching characters over to Ichiban, it's even like another starting off point where you can just play. There's a, I've heard a lot of people who have started at seven, because they're just playing that because it's a new character and it's turn based, and so people are there, and then they're just going to go ahead and play eight. So, I feel like there's a lot of entry points to Yakuza. That's so. true. It's you know, it's a lovely series. I would say just dabble in it. Just I feel- enter the world. I feel like you're totally fine hopping into either zero, one, six, or seven. I think two, three, four, five are not good entry points. Yeah, two, three. Uh, yeah, especially I, I know four and five. One of them is like massive and very off-putting. If you're not, yeah, if you're not used to Yakuza, do not jump into five. And it's important that like the three, four, five are HD like remasters, but they're not on new engines, and so they're a little two, rough. Two is just a weird. I mean, I don't. You wouldn't start on two because it's not even the first one. You're just already a little bit in there. But six, six is a little stands alone a little bit, and that's kind of like on a brand new engine. So that's a fine one to kind of start with if you want to there. And that, I think they did. They did. Uh, Yakuza Six was the one where they decided, like, okay, now we're gonna bring all of these forward because Six came out in 2016, I think, in the East, and then it came over to us later. But it came out in the East, and then 2017 is when we got Zero, and then we start getting the rest of them. I wish they would do a Kiwami Mommy with 3, 4, and 5. Yeah, I agree. That would be sick. I mean, we'll see. Also, we have to play Ishin, which is this year. I mean, I love how much they make. And then there's also the Judgment games. <laughs> Judgment was really good. A little bit of... You fi- not, oh, okay, I okay. didn't play a little bit of it, but I think I'm like... 50 was, hours is like a little bit for Yakuza. Yeah, yeah I'm, like that, I'm like 30, 40 hours into it, so I think I'm like like halfway. Maybe, you played like the more. first chapter. I, I mean, yeah, I just basically... been in the bowling alleys for 35 hours. Yeah, and I can finally fight characters now. I just mm. got past the tutorial. Nice. So uh, continuing on with Summer Games Fest, Star Trek Infinite. I don't have much to say. Star Trek? Yeah. Shout out Star Trek. All right, shout out Star <laughs> Trek. Uh, John Carpenter's Toxic Commando. I actually thought this looked pretty cool. So this is a game coming from Saber Interactive and Focus Entertainment. And as a first-person shooter, that's an ode to 80s action and horror. The reveal trailer basically showed like gigantic hordes. Think of like Call of Duty zombies or maybe like Days Gone level of hordes. Kind of in like Hummers and different characters, just first-person shooting. It's Xbox uh, Series S and X, PS5 and PC sometime next year. 
It looks like a spiritual successor to like Left 4 Dead. Yeah. Actually, it's funny you mentioned that. I played a little bit of Back 4 Blood like last week, mm-hmm. but I guess I didn't even write it down because I played like 30 minutes and I was like, this is really bad. Yeah, it's just unfortunate, so, you know? It is unfortunate. It's such a... It's such a messy... Not messy. Messy is not the right word. I really enjoy playing things where you can kind of like hop in fresh mm-hmm. and just like not be confused as to what you're doing. I think that's why I really like certain open world games or why I really like even roguelikes because like, well, you just go in, you do it fresh. There's a really confusing nature to the way that you like do the missions where you like start and act and then you get to a safe room and then you can back out and come back in at that safe room. But if you die when you're out of the safe room, it resets the whole act like it's just confusing for no reason. And then there's like that whole card system. They add on their cards that you earn in the game that are modifiers that can be good or bad. And of course, if you want to spend real money, you can, even though it's a full price game. (laughs) And I don't know. I just played a little bit of it. and I was like, this really is not it. Yeah, it's just too confusing left for dead was great because it's so simple and it's a bot required game which i never really enjoy like if you're not playing with other people they're gonna have other bots with you yeah that sucks so but toxic commando looked cool on the reveal i would like to just see more about it at a later date i do have faith in saber interactive after evil dead i fucking love that shit i mean obviously that's tied to a specific (laughs) ip but i thought that game was of pretty good quality so we'll see how this game releases Sandland is not a slur. It is a new action game <laughs> from Akira it Toriyama. Sound like a slur, though. It does. And I, when we were looking at it on the PlayStation Store, like the logo for it, Sandland, it looks so plain. Like it didn't even look like a game. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's not great marketing, not a great reveal trailer, you know? Mm-hmm. So this is coming out from Bandai Namco, and it's coming out on PlayStation 5, PS4, Xbox Series X and S, and PC. And this is. There's no release date for the game yet. I don't have a whole lot to say about it, but I did want to bring it up a little bit just because the way that they started the trailer kind of got us hyped. So, you know, new game from Bandai Namco, anime style game from this, you know, really esteemed creator. And then they showed it and I was like, I don't even know what this is. I've never even heard of this. You know, I feel like the game should be Sandlag and Sandland. And then the tag is somebody's excited. Yeah. I mean, somebody's (laughs) always somebody's playing that in Worms. Somebody's playing that in Worms, so probably those two will be really excited when those come out. <laughs> and Resident Evil 4, which sucks. Oh, yeah. Resident Evil 4 is the worst fucking game ever played. <laughs> uh, Pal World. I don't have much to say on that. Yeah, not much to say there. Lord of the Rings Return to Moira. Mm, I don't have much to say on that either. Yeah, it looks a little interesting with the... It has like crafting and building elements, but Mm-hmm. It looks like you're just like a dwarf stuck in a cage or in a, actually, in a castle. Actually, you know, I guess I do have not about that game specifically, but did you see that Embracer came out and said, and they use these words specifically that they are planning on like aggressively exploiting the Lord of the Rings franchise? Yeah, I saw that. That That's bad, but that's what all of them want to do. But that's bad to say publicly. I agree. Bad. I think the verbiage is just not the best. Like, right, of course, you own that uh, intellectual property, so you're going to use it. You're a business. That's what you should be doing. I mean, you, you spent the money on it. But to just use the word exploit, and I also think that the timing probably couldn't have been any worse for them after releasing Gollum. But that's not... That wasn't developed before they purchased them, so that's not on them. Mm. So that that they, they, get a, they get a freebie with that one, even though it does have, like, their iconography because they own the IP. 
but that mm-hmm. was be- that was well in development before they per- got purchased. They might have like forced them to just release it. Regardless, optically, it doesn't look the best. No, I thought I, well, you thought what you were going to say. What I thought um, made it not look good optically was like the two billion dollar deal falling through. Well, that too, which we'll get into later. Which uh, honestly, that's going to have a lot of implications for how Embracer kind of handles business moving forward. But. Just while we were talking about Lord of the Rings, I just want to add that side note in uh, that they will be exploiting it aggressively. You'll be getting a a Hobbit Battle Royale game soon enough. Oh, hell yeah. Uh, Actually sounds kind of fun. (laughs) Final Final Fantasy VII Ever Crisis is a... um, What is it? A mobile game, right? Yeah, it's a mobile game. Disappointed Mm -hmm. us. Yeah, it looked cool. And then we... And then, you know, (laughs) we figured out it was a mobile game. And then after they showed that... Hold there on, wasn't scroll. much else at the showcase, right? This is that... most of it. It's just you know, you know when you're on a website and it refreshes mm-hmm. and you got to scroll all the fucking way back down. That's what's happening yeah. right now. So stay tuned while I scroll all the way down this gigantic list. Yeah, but so Jeff then... Keighley's thing overall, I felt like was a it fell from last year in terms of quality releases. I would agree with that. Our I announcements. Al- yeah, I agree. I think that my expectations were still met in the sense that I really only wanted to see Mortal Kombat. And then I felt like we got some other cool stuff too. And we mm-hmm. just got off of the kind of smack in the face. That was the PlayStation showcase. So yeah. it was still cool from that. Banishers ghosts of new Eden is a new action RPG from the creators of vampire. I kind of forgot about this one, to be honest. So mm-hmm. I don't know if I have much to say. I mean, we definitely watched all of it, but some things don't stick. I'm actually going to go pee while you rattle off the rest of these games. All right, you go you go do that. Baldur's Gate 3 introduced uh, Jason Isaacs as major villain. Twisted Metal showed a trailer for the new series that will be coming out on Peacock on July 27th. We got a look at Anthony Mackie, who's kind of a new character to the universe, and then a look at Sweet Tooth, who is going to be voiced by Will Arnett. He's not actually doing the acting for it. It's going to be someone else who much more closely fits the build of sweet tooth but it's going to be will arnett's voice which is kind of weird to see knowing that that's not him but it looks kind of cheesy right i mean twisted metal on peacock it's probably not going to be the highest budget thing it's something that we talk about here on the show with a lot of these tv adaptations of games it's tough when you know that they're going to need action, but getting good action on the small screen, as opposed to like maybe doing a movie adaptation is a little bit difficult because of budget constraints. Regardless, we did get a look at that. Marvel Snap is getting a new competitive mode. That is a mobile game. And the guy came out with so much fucking energy. And, you know, sometimes you get people on stage that are a little bit nervous, but this guy wasn't nervous. This guy came out and he's just like super hype talking to everyone in the audience, even though they're not, probably care about what he's talking about or they're not there for him who are we, we talking about marvel snap i'm talking about the guy that just oh, came out of the yeah, gates fucking dude. yelling swinging that guy did a fucking line before he got out there he was ready Absolutely. to go um we did see a little look at path of exile 2 which not our kind of game but looked cool exo primal showed a street fighter 6 crossover and then basically wrapping up to finish off the showcase is we saw there was they showed a little bit of Liza P and they announced that there's a demo. But yeah, I think the showcase from them was overall OK. It was kind of it was slightly better than Sony's because the expectations were lower. But in terms of quality, re- like announcements, I feel like they're pretty equal. Mm-hmm. Well, let me not forget before we clean up on that one so there are some like odds and ends that we probably don't have anything to say about we can't forget about nicholas cage coming on oh yeah dead by daylight and as a side note 
uh, Hideo Kojima did post a picture of Nicolas Cage at his studio. So I wonder I mean, if he's going to be at Death Stranding. 1,000% of Nicolas Cage. He would be a great fucking Death Stranding villain. Yeah, that's true. Maybe he is. I would love it. If him and Troy Baker, come on. Death Stranding 2 is going to be so good. I think so. Yeah, I really wanted to see it, but I'm like, they can take their Whenever. time with it. It's yeah. going to be so good. Yeah, that's I, a game the where first like, one is so good. Whenever they want to release that thing. Hopefully, mm-hmm. I'm thinking 2025. Yeah, sure. That one I can be patient on. Yeah. I, I really think whenever that comes, I'll be ready for it. Remnant 2, they showed and gave a release date to July 25th. I thought that looked pretty cool. I thought it looked better than the first one. And mm-hmm. then I also kind of forgot at the start of the showcase, didn't we? We got a blowout for Immortals of Avium, the EA first-person magic game. Oh, yeah, and then the dude that plays the main actor was like, yeah, <laughs> I play well, 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 I have magic powers. It's like crazy because he finds himself mm-hmm. and then he like uses his powers to save the world. Yeah, unfortunately, a little bit forgettable as <laughs> I did forget it. That release is pretty soon. That comes out next month. Yeah, I'm, I'm looking out for that game because the combat seems interesting, but everything else about it does seem kind of mid. It's just really busy it looks Mm -hmm. really like visually very busy yeah which we were of course it's kind of hard to not compare it to ghostwire tokyo just in the sense of like it's first person using magic Mm -hmm. but i did want to give a shout out to ghostwire because there was an update for it that added like new areas and trophies and it's free and that's awesome that's great yeah that ghostwire is definitely a game that you should play it's on both subscription services i believe so there's Mm -hmm. no reason not to play it agreed and then the last, I guess, fun one is that Xbox and Porsche are partnering for oh my the designs. God. Yeah, that was so fucking stupid. Why the fuck does Xbox do these dumbass collabs? It was stupid. God, and it wasn't even. Was it tied to Forza or was it just random like Porsche random. Xbox? It was like Porsche seven, Porsche's. I think it was their seventy fifth anniversary. And it doesn't even make sense in terms of like allegiances, like an American company, German car company. Like, it, like it would be make more sense of like Xbox had like here's a Ford Bronco Xbox yeah. Series X Mustang. It would. That's true. Or like the Cadillac. That'd be kind of cool. Like the Cadillac Xbox. Mm. That'd be nice. Yeah, let them know. Let and then know. Honkai Star Rail get got a PS5 release window of Q4 2023. Speaking of games that sound like slurs. Yeah, I know. That one really does. <laughs> Wait, I know. It's, it's just Honkai. Honkai. Honkai and Sandland. They're really pushing it. Yeah, they're really they're really testing this out here. They get away with it because they're Japanese. So what are you trying to say? I'm just saying, like, they get away with it. Yakuza yeah, I guess... if Yakuza was a Western made game. There would be so many like articles on Kotaku about how fucked up yeah, and like misogynistic yeah, okay. and like classist and xenophobic those games are at times. That's fair. And then with Summer Games Fest, so this probably isn't a surprise, but it did really well this year. It was the first time they were back in person, and it will be returning in 2024. I don't think that's a shocker Congrats. to anyone, but just keep you know mark your calendars for next year. Jeff Keighley will be back. Hopefully, Jeff you know steps it up. This year was like this year was like you know it was, it was a little dip, but now we we need next year to be kind of big. We need Death Stranding two next year. Yeah, I agree. I it would be, I I would hope that next year we get more in terms of summer showcase stuff than this year, or at least more stuff that we don't know about. Mm-hmm. I think this year we got a lot of confirmations of things we already know. Yeah, 
So definitely looking forward to learning more. And now moving over to Ubisoft, I actually thought Ubisoft's forward was pretty good. I was surprised by it. So starting out, kind of just go ahead and pass it over to you. They showed Star Wars Outlaws. Well, this actually was debuted at the Xbox showcase, I believe. And then mm-hmm. they this is Ubisoft. It was? Yeah. Because huh. I think Ubisoft went before Xbox. Did they? Huh. And then I think Xbox maybe had like the 10 minute gameplay sipping or something like that. Either way, this uh, game does look great. It looks like the Grand Theft Auto's Star Wars game that everybody wanted. It's truly open world, unlike Jedi Star Wars Jedi, which those games are like semi-open world. So it looks great. It covers a time period in the in the Star Wars like uh, timeline that I don't think anybody can complain about in between um, Return of the Jedi and Empire Strikes Back. Those are two classics. Everybody loves it. Everybody loves that time period. You really can't go wrong at all with this game and its premise so far. So I'm excited to play it. Um, it is interesting to see Massive making it just because they are known for the division so i wonder how they're going to translate to making even though the division is open world but like a different more single player focus game i hope it you know turns out well and they're also working on another game that they are going to talk about at this ubisoft thing with the avatar as well Mm -hmm. so with star wars of course naturally i'll probably have you tell me how it is depending what you think will probably dictate if i hop in or don't hop into it and i did think it looked cool though based on what I saw, just a different side. If it's a little bit more gunplay rather than using lightsabers, then that's always... It's good to just have a different side of it. I do think the Jedi are the most boring part of Star Wars. So Interesting. So this is definitely the fun, seedy, underground, how fun, you, solo universe of Star Wars. How do you Wars. feel about... Um, I saw out of some articles being like, oh, everyone's falling for the little companion Nicks. How do you feel about every Star Wars having like some little like cute companion? Um, it's like really annoying to me. I don't know why. It like bothers the shit out of me. It's a little dumb, but there's like there's highlights where we're obviously R two D two is the original one, and, and it works fair, and he's great. Yeah, and then, but I don't know. The thing is, it used to be droids, so it wasn't always cute, cuddly things. The mm-hmm. cute, cuddly things started with the new trilogy with Pogs. Which were not even really a, like, and then BB-8 obviously was also like oh, a robot. Baby Yoda, Baby Yoda. So yeah, now they're leaning into like the meme, like, oh, look at this cute kind of thing, which it does suck. Um, but I'm not gonna lie, the the little animal creature did look really cute. Hmm. Star Wars and, fan through and through, ladies and gentlemen, you heard it here first. And BD-12, and BD-12 with uh, Cal and the Star Wars Jedi. He's a he's oh a yeah, cool that one too. too. He's, yeah, but he's useful. Like he does things for you in the world, so it like makes sense. Like he shoots out your little health pods. Like it works and it doesn't work. It's just kind. Of, it's it's a trope within Star Wars. You know, it's like how like certain series always have like something. It's like every Persona game has like this weird like animal creature thing that like is your proxy into the Shadow Realm. It's like you know, mm-hmm. it's just it's one of the pieces now with Star Wars, which is kind of a negative because obviously they're just doing it mainly to sell a toy. I think I think the reason why it rubs me the wrong way is because as I've gotten older, I think I genuinely try harder and harder to enjoy Star Wars. Mm-hmm. Like I want I really want to just like, you know, I'm willing to try it, whatever, give it an open hand. But so when I see some stuff like that, I'm like, all right, you got to do it every single time. Like I get it right. Little beeps, little cute. Oh, this one's got giant eyes. But like, do you need to do that every single fucking time? 
I think the doing the giant eyes like creature thing is annoying. The droid mm-hmm. thing I think has always been the part of Star Wars DNA. Droids is don't yeah, droids strike me a little differently. So yeah, I agree with you with the animals. It's like come on, like Star Wars never had this like naturalistic element to it where it's like the characters were like and, like with the like the uh, like talking to creatures all the time. Mm. It was always like Chewbacca was the standout and he wasn't cute. Yeah. They look uh, Chew- like the Chewbacca. What would you even say? Like the Chewbacca race? Are they all called Chewbacca? Um, fuck. I think they all. I don't know what the race is called. It's like something. It's a, it has a name. They're specifically a race. But yeah, the Chewbacca people. I just wanted to say that in Fallen Order, they look really funny. Like when you they go to like their shit. world. Yeah, they they look really fucking funny. Yeah, they definitely didn't know how to like animate the hair or something there. And the face. Yeah, like the face yeah. looked like kind of weird compared to everything else being like super like really good looking. Yeah, they look like a mold of like clay. Mm. But so and then moving on to what you're mentioning with Massive is they also showed Avatar Frontiers of Pandora, which got a release date for December 7th this year. So I'll be able to play that at the end of the year. I thought. I thought this looked really good. I thought visually it looked very appealing. I couldn't help but be like, okay, cool. This is Far Cry, but with an Avatar skin around it. But I don't even mean that in a negative way. But it's to the point where it's like they you are going to be using guns first person. It looks like there was a third person perspective when you're in vehicles or on the, I don't know the names of them, but the creatures that fly that you can connect to. But you're also clearing out bases is a huge part of it. So I think it looks really good. I do think it looks like a Far Cry game. Not in a bad way. What did you think when you saw it? I thought it definitely did look like a Far Cry game. What I do hope is that it's rated M and you have like fucking vicious finishers as like the big blue guy and put your like fucking hand through like their chest or something like that. Hope probably mm. not just because Avatar kind of a friendly family friendly IP in general, but um it does look good. It looks interesting. Uh keen eyes would point out i saw a little hubbubaloo with this game it was the trailer the gameplay was running at 30 frames per second so how did they see that i don't know digital foundry i think like like you know clocked it or whatever and it's it was a 30 frames per second trailer well we don't know i will say this to give them the benefit of the doubt we don't know what that necessarily means in terms of if it's the only option because Mm -hmm. we did we did see that metric that a lot of people, I guess, do play their games in quality mode at 30 frames just to make it look better. So it is possible that maybe they showed it just to look visually better. Yeah, I, I agree that that's probably what it was. But, you know, people are people are getting worried out there. You know, Starfield's running at 30. They're like, I think that a lot of people thought 60 was going to be the standard. And I think 60 should be the standard still. I'm not. I'm I fully not, agree. I'm not like saying I'm not justifying it, but it it seems like we were getting used to it because there are a lot of cross-gen games and now these truly next-gen games are going to go back to that 30. Yeah, I agree. Sorry, I'm trying to look and find while maintaining burping bodily (laughs) habits. I'm trying to figure out if this game is going to be rated. Okay, so it doesn't have... I'm on the PlayStation stores coming soon. It doesn't have a a rating yet, so we don't know if it's going to be M or not. If it's M, I mean, I'm going to play it regardless, but if it's M, it could could be kind of like fun and like like mm-hmm. almost like a far cry like a uh, add-on dlc yeah no i agree i i think that m would be cool for that but and overall um, i was just impressed with the way it looked yeah i think it's gonna be a very you know it's gonna be a good contender this year is it gonna be game of the year no far cries are no longer game of the year contenders but it's gonna be a fun checkbox you mm-hmm. know you just put a podcast on and just explore the world of avatar 
This is also one that we knew about in development, but this is the first time they're officially announcing it. So it's nice to announce it and give a release date within the same year. Yeah, that's that's very key, which we're going to talk about another game that did that. And so they're delaying it even further. Mm. And then we'll talk about something else, too, that <laughs> got delayed and doesn't even have a date. Lovely. So Prince of Persia, we kind of already spoke about that a little bit. But of course, that was at the Ubisoft forward. They did show Assassin's Creed Mirage as well. I didn't really feel like there was too much new about this that they showed. It looks pretty good. The game launches on October 12th. They also showed Nexus, which is going to be a VR Assassin's Creed you can play, which you can play as classic different assassins from Assassin's Creed 2's Ezio. You can play Odyssey's Cassandra, Assassin's Creed 3's Connor. Um, it's going to be coming to MetaQuest 2. doesn't have a release date currently. They showed Assassin's Creed codename Jade, which is a mobile game. And then this is the one that I kind of wanted to stop to kind of discuss a little bit is the Crew Motorfest. They showed that in kind of a big way, talked about it. It got a release date. It's going to be coming out this year, September 14th. There will be a beta for it, which I believe you can sign up for. And that will be sometime later this summer. Uh, this is the third installment of the Crew franchise. I saw some leaked gameplay about this a couple of weeks ago, and this just got announced this year. I'm really excited for this to come out in September. Yeah, no, this game is this game looks like it's, it's going to be a big hit, and it's going to put Gran Turismo Seven on on notice because this mm. looks like it's going to be a very fun multiplayer game. It's obviously taking huge inspirations from Horizon, and the visual quality seems like it's matching it at least. Yeah, it looks really good. I I was yeah. impressed. I do think it looks good. Uh, that was one thing that definitely stood out to me. I was like, this game looks really, really good. Hopefully the driving and all that stuff like that. Hopefully it is up to Horizon standard. I think Ubisoft can do that. And I think the crew is a game that is built on itself. Like like it's mm-hmm. only been two, but the first one to the second one was a pretty significant jump. And hopefully we get that like final third jump where the crew can be cemented as like a racing franchise that's going to be here for a while. Because honestly, the crew Motorfest it kind of felt like it was up in the air whether we were going to get another one after two. Mm-hmm. And I totally agree with the significant jump between them. The first one I played a little bit, not too much. The second one I platinumed, played the shit out of. I thought it was really good. Had some fun ideas like the transforming into different vehicles on the fly. And then this one looks really good from a visual standpoint. Takes place on Hawaii. And, you know, it is worth mentioning for those of you who are around playing racing games maybe 10, 15 years ago. Ivory Tower, the, the studio that makes the crew, was made of members that originally made Test Drive Unlimited. So, like any Ooh. Test Drive Unlimited DNA and Forza that you're feeling here is going to be from original developers. And I always thought about the kind of evolution of racing games as being Test Drive Unlimited. And then, because of Test Drive Unlimited, we got Forza Horizon. And then Forza Horizon became huge. And then, now because of Forza Horizon, now we're kind of jumping off and things are seeming like they're branching from horizon but really this all stems back to test drive unlimited i think definitely test drive is the og in terms of like that specific open world style racing game yeah, like obviously the need for, yeah like need for speed always has like a little like the undergrounds had an open world element to it but mm-hmm. it wasn't as in-depth as test drive horizon and the crew mm-hmm so I'm really excited for this. I mean, there's going to be cars. You can ride motorcycles, boats, and airplanes, just like you could in the crew, too. So I think it's, it's a that's a good thing that they have to separate them from, like, Horizon. Yeah, no, I mean, I'm definitely excited to play this. I don't know if you saw uh, Black Panther. 
he already mm. has the fucking full breakdown of it. And I was like, this, I, why does, does the racing game community get games so early? <laughs> well, our access. I, I think so it's early. just, I think it's just specific people, whether they're in the streaming space or the YouTube space, or maybe in podcasting space. I mean, People just get access for what they're known for game wise, right? Like I know when Call of Duties are being made way in advance, the people who are known for streaming and making Call of Duty content on YouTube get like flown out to the studios and are part are literally part of like the consulting team. Yeah. So I'm sure for racing games it's the same. Black Panther is known as like one of the main racing YouTubers. So I'm sure they're just like, hey, we're gonna give you an early code. You're gonna be really helpful to how we market this game. So here. Bruv, let me tell you, bruv, Crew Motorfest, yeah. bruv, is going to be fucking fantastic. I like him. He's good. And no. it, it, I like that he actually like fully covers like all racing games. That's that's the really cool thing about him is that he does specialize in that niche. And he also, even though he does get a lot of access, he does, you know, he bites back. He's not like a total show. Mm-hmm. Which, yeah, which is good and is necessary just because like you can't. If you just say everything's good, then it, people aren't going to believe what you're saying. Yeah, and also if you're getting flown out and shit like that for the Call of Duty people, it's like, are you are you you seem like you're a little bot, you know? Yeah, I think the Call of Duty people are a little bit more bot, <laughs> definitely. Because then when the, when the time comes, they're like, oh, you know, we couldn't say anything, but I've been playing this for a year, and that's always like, what the fuck? That's it's like, like oh, no wonder you're so fucking good at the game. You've been playing it for a year before everybody else. Yeah, like you know the meta before the meta exists. Like I don't I don't like that shit, but with you know, so what I, I with in terms of people getting the games early and what you can say and how much you can shit on it, something really funny is that you guys like might hear me talk about this streamer avoiding the puddle a lot, this guy Eris, who I think is like fucking hilarious. He <laughs> when he gets games to sometimes he gets games early access to stream or whatever the case is, and he doesn't hold anything back, right? He shits on them fully. Like most of what he does is just ripping everything in half. <laughs> and including his, his audience him including his audience which is like my favorite part like people <laughs> just getting banned and all that shit is incredible the reason why i bring him up is because he has spoke about before like when you get early access to a game normally they give you somewhat of a contract of being like hey this is what you need to say they give you a script like hey you need to mention maybe you need to mention its release date or one of its modes or something like that right but then the other stuff you can kind of do open to interpretation. So like he'll have streams where he'll be like, oh, you know, wow, look at this. This character design is really good. And then he'll be like, this game fucking sucks. But like he'll <laughs> say everything that needs to be said and then he'll just tear it in half. I love it. That's the good shit because you have to push back or you have to just I feel like in that sense, I don't know, because. How would you like to? How would you feel about that if GoFundMe gets big enough, we're able to get stuff early? How would you feel like affecting? Do you think that that would affect criticism, or like, mm. would you be upset if I was super harsh about something and ruined our relationship with a certain publisher or something like that? I think context is really specific, but first and foremost, I don't think I would be upset with you because I think this is. I think both parties have equal weight, so that wouldn't matter. But mm-hmm. I think. I think getting early access from games, I would be more for it if it's non-story related. So if it was the crew or it was Mortal Kombat or it was like something multiplayer esport, I'd be like, sure. But if it's like 
playing an early build of of course this wouldn't happen but like an early build of like a final fantasy game or something i'd probably just say no because i'm like i just want to play it when it's done with everyone else because i also personally hate seeing things being like hey this is releasing an early access i don't want to fucking make the game with you you make the yeah. game that's what we're paying you for so i don't think i would want to be a part of that process even if they were paying us and gave us like early access now like i said depending on the game if it's like multiplayer and you want my feedback sure but if you're like writing a fucking story and you want my feedback like you're gonna have to show some real cash like i'm not gonna write the game for you yeah that's true and that's what like i mean there's a whole career of people that do like mock reviews for these companies Mm -hmm. so i think it would just be context specific who's the you know publisher or party if we were working with them what are they forcing us to say or not say right i mean if we could say whatever we wanted that would make it a lot easier to be like okay yeah sure yeah what happens with jim ryan's like you just have to say you love every playstation game and we'll give it to you early um i wouldn't want them early because i think a majority of playstation games would be single player games that i'd want to play although i guess i could be wrong if we're talking about all the multiplayer games that we'll so get you can get concord early yeah fair games but then those would be fine because those are the ones that i'm saying like yeah i get early access to those cool that's not going to heavily impact mine as selfishly my enjoyment is important Mm -hmm. on the games that's what i'm saying like i don't think i would enjoy playing a story game early before everyone else because then i wouldn't be able to talk about it with anyone and it wouldn't be i'd be playing it in a vacuum where only i experienced it i couldn't talk about it and i would be playing the worst version possible of the game even if it's a great game i'm getting the version that has the least amount of patches no expansions none of that kind of stuff so i don't think that's what i would prefer yeah unfortunately with the way games are made and how they release in the state they're released in, that is true where it's like, it honestly hurts you if you get it early. It hurts mm-hmm. you if you're day one. So imagine if you're getting it a month early, two weeks early, three weeks early. Mm-hmm. And you only get one first impression. You only, yeah, only get one first impression. So yeah, I agree with you. I think I would rather just kind of wait it out. Mm-hmm. I don't feel like that that's as necessary. Like I don't, like depending on the content you make, like I don't feel like, having like being like oh i played the game before everybody because it's just like a lot of those people i feel like are bought yeah well of course it's 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 it's, they're employed they're basically employees too of whatever company that they're like working with that's yeah like they're part of the marketing apparatus of like ubisoft Mm -hmm. or ea or activision or microsoft yeah it's part it's all part of the marketing plan for sure now like it before it used to be like oh little partnerships like no 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 like they're full-on that's what like that's just a big part of their marketing is getting people to stream and talk about their games yeah we we don't you know nobody pays us i'm fucking playing persona 4 golden atlas ain't paying me shit the thing too is, is though that you can of course obviously get tapped on the shoulder when you reach a certain level and they're gonna ask for things but a lot of those things you also like apply for like a lot mm-hmm. of those things you almost like hit them up and be like hey xyz this is what i want to do with this this is my channel these are my numbers whatever and i'm like i don't ever see a, a point where i would be doing that i'm not trying to shake my ass so they can give me an early game if they're like yeah. we want to work with you then i will vet them and then they can be a part of what we talk about but i think our opinion and what we say is more valuable than just being like bots like paid chills like you're saying like those games are going to come out anyway if they're good then we're going to talk about them naturally yeah i agree i agree i concur um continuing on with the ubisoft forward we got a really awkward and weird look at this uh netflix show captain laserhawk a blood dragon remix i don't know if you watched the whole ubisoft forward but the guy that came out to talk about this was like trying to be really funny and charismatic but it was just really like awkward and poorly delivered 
I did not. I just watched like the the trailers associated with each of the games, but mm. I did not see that. Yeah, and that one's just a show, so that one's not even a game. And then we did get a little bit of more of a look at X Defiant. They said that that'll be coming towards the end of this summer, and there's an open beta that will be starting in two days from when you're hearing Ooh. this. So June 21st to 23rd on PlayStation 5, Xbox Series X, and S and PC. And then there will be, uh, I believe there will be another beta sometime later than that. But that's the one that they've officially announced with dates. So 21st to 23rd of this month. And then they also said that the game will be launching with 14 maps, 5 factions, 5 modes, 24 weapons. And in year 1, there will be 4 more factions, 12 new weapons, and 12 new maps. Now, for those of you who are uninitiated and might not know what X Define is, it's basically Ubisoft's answer to kind of like a classic Call of Duty FPS 6v6, uh, really fast-paced kind of multiplayer game. And you're playing factions from other Ubisoft IPs. And so they're... kind of cool. Their factions will be the abilities that they have, right? So if you're playing as like DeadSec from Watch Dogs, you're going to have a lot of like high-tech abilities, that kind of stuff. If you're playing as people maybe from like Far Cry you know skill set that'll be similar to far cry so that's kind of like their twist on it but i know that this was made with a lot of call of duty kind of x developers and a lot of feedback from people who normally cover call of duty and the people who normally cover call of duty have spoken pretty positively about this even though people shit on it when it first got announced i guess in like play testing it people actually like really like it conceptually that sounds fun i do Mm -hmm. hope that there's a rabbits section of the game or rabbits people you know play as I think the, I mean, the five that you can play as are probably out there. And then the four that are going to be coming in year one are not known, but they showed like logos next to them on the splash screen during the Ubisoft forward. So you could, you know, I'm sure that there is eagle eye scouts that are looking and they can figure out who is actually on there. Or All I know is I just want the rabbits and we need the rabbits. I think that'd be hilarious to play as and I want to know what their ability would be. Yeah, right now, the <laughs> ones that are in there, I feel like kind of make the most sense. You have DeadSec from Watch Dogs. I might not be saying this right, but Elechon from or Elecon from Splinter Cell. Cleaners okay. from The Division. Phantoms okay. from Ghost Recon and Libertad from Far Cry. All I feel right. like those I mean, make sense. I mean, you have mostly, with the exception of Far Cry, you have mostly military or high tech kind of things. Yeah, and hopefully they can get a little more goofy with the next four then. Mm-hmm. Get Raymans. I feel like that's normally how <laughs> multiplayer games go over the course of their life as they get continuously more silly. Yeah, we need the Raymans Rabbids collection. Uh, Skull and Bones is getting a closed beta coming in August. I'm actually pretty <laughs> shocked this is still a thing. The way that they showed this is they had some people come out and sing like a pirate song, which, I mean... Come on, what are we doing? Like you're gonna have Did an we money event? on that shit? That's what I'm saying. That's crazy. At least somebody got paid. Actually, though, a friend of the, I mean, friend and obviously um, old producer Joe actually asked me if this Skull and Bones game I think was still coming out. I think, I believe it was him. If it wasn't him, I am sorry for giving him that wrong. Somebody asked me, and I was surprised someone was still interested in it. Somebody's excited about Skull and Bones. That's why Ubisoft is going to see the vision through. Somebody's excited about Skull and Bones. Somebody's playing Worms and somebody thinks Resident Evil 4 is a good game, right? (laughs) The list kind of just keeps going on. You really just can't make this shit up. Yeah. Uh, Tom Clancy's The Division Resurgence is coming (laughs) this fall. That's a mobile game, so I don't really have much to say on it. And that was pretty much what was at the Ubisoft forward. So summing that up, basically, we got Crew Motor Fest 
Avatar and then Star Wars were kind of like the big players at the Ubisoft forward. It was a good showing for Ubisoft. I, I think it was too. I think it's a good uh, showing a face too because we've been seeing just a lot of negative news come out of Ubisoft, possibly mm-hmm. setting themselves up ready for acquisition. So it's good to see a at least stronger Ubisoft for the potential short future. Yeah, I agree. I, I think that they're at bare minimum, they're securing a pretty good fiscal year for the current fiscal year. Yeah. I don't really know what they have past this, but clearly like they'll probably do pretty good this year. Then if we're switching gears over to Capcom, Capcom did have a showcase. This one was a little bit smaller, so it'll be a little bit quicker to go through. Dragon's Dogma 2 got a big gameplay trailer. I actually did not watch this because Dragon's Dogma, I feel like, is probably going to play it, I would think. Um, So I was like, I don't really feel like I need to see more of it. But they showed that. I don't know if you have anything to say about Dragon's Dogma. We did look at the first one that is ported on PlayStation. It was like, ah, the shit that looks pretty old. It does look so old, but it's on sale it for anybody out there. Isn't it five bucks, like five thirty nine or something? Yeah, five thirty nine or five forty nine. I remember there being a nine in there. Mm-hmm. It's one of those things. And then we were talking about. I think we saw that, and then I was bitching and complaining as I always do about <laughs> when when there's like prices on the store that have an odd cent. Yeah, like a uh, five eighty three. How's just... PlayStation Star is going to calculate that in points? Exactly. That's so stupid. <laughs> Moving on, this one is definitely unfortunate, kind of a big blow. This is one of the things I was alluding to earlier in the show. Pragmata is delayed indefinitely, so they went ahead and kind of showed that again a little bit, not gameplay, but more of like a cinematic trailer for it, and just said that basically we need more time. You know, thank you for your patience, yada yada yada. But this one is delayed and not to a year or any time specifically. They're just saying we need more time and we'll let you know. Yeah, this was I also alluded to it earlier. Um, it is disappointing just because the game does and even still looks very, very interesting. And it seems like it's the only game that seems inspired by Death Stranding. I feel mm-hmm. like it is, has a little bit of a Death Stranding vibe to it. And it's cool to see a game inspired by that game because I love that game so and it seemed like it was gonna it was gonna be different and different enough because it has like you know a little girl character and it seems like it's there's gonna be more characters you're interacting with but i mean we still have no idea in terms of who you play as i'm assuming it's the guy the main guy they keep on showing but you don't know you don't know exactly we don't know what gameplay looks like and obviously now we don't even have like a target frame for when it's being released but i hope capcom you know takes her time and releases releases this game and when it's ready but they've i mean they're they haven't really been missing recently with the resident evil you know remakes and even the mainline continuation so i have faith in capcom i remember when i first saw this when i first saw the suit and i didn't know it was called pragmata i thought it was a dead space game I, yeah and wasn't i wonder was this it was before this, it, was it was before, before? dead space remake was announced that's how long yeah. ago it was damn that's crazy because it was in 21 and remake i'm pretty sure got announced like late 21 and then came out early 23 yeah it's unfortunate but you know hopefully they can get this shit together because it does look interesting definitely something original Mm -hmm. Uh, they showed uh, apollo justice ace attorney trilogy so this is going to be ace attorney four five and six we're getting an hd remaster that will be coming out in early 2024 exo primal got a new trailer roadmap and battle pass multiplayer multiplayer and then ghost trick got a demo which is available now and that will be coming out on june 30th and then the other kind of like cleanup items kanitsu gami 
Path of the Goddess trailer. I'm not really too sure what this is. The Talos Principle 2. Our favorite not, puzzle game. That's not Capcom. I know, I'm just fucking around. Oh, you're just fucking around, yeah. And then Mega Man <laughs> X Dive offline coming to Steam, iOS, and Android. So Capcom's really biggest things were telling us that Pragmata's <laughs> delayed indefinitely. That's kind of like the big thing they had. And then yeah. Ace Attorney 4, 5, and 6 are getting HD remasters. But unfortunate that that is really like the biggest announcement. And it, like it really is. Yeah. Not even just like fucking around. But I, I guess they don't really have anything ready for Resident Evil with 4 just being out and 8 just being released a year prior. So I'm sure they're working on 9, right? I don't mm. think that... I would imagine the next thing we're going to get would be 9. It wouldn't be a another old one yeah that seems to be the cadence mm-hmm. remake new one remake new one and they're kind of running out of old ones to do i think two three and four were like the main ones that needed they help can, they can do the original you know, they, they can, can do always... the original absolutely i yeah i would imagine i would just if i just had to take a guess i would say resident evil 9 2025 it could be 2024 honestly they pump them up quick they do, but we didn't get one in 22. Yeah. So maybe they're in, in we all, from everything we hear, development is longer than ever now to make yeah. modern games. And that's, I think if it was like, they if they were going to be doing another classic Resident Evil, I would think, yeah, okay, I'd be a little bit more confident in saying maybe we'll get it in a year, but because it would be a new one, I would think maybe it'll take them a little bit longer. And since it was a two-year gap in between so Village four years and 4. four years to make it. Yeah, plus they're doing their little side projects, right? Because like while they're working on Resident Evil 4, Village is getting an expansion, a VR mode. We know they're mm-hmm. doing a VR mode for 4, so they're not all focused on one thing at a time. Yeah, you're right. So, I'm... I'm there's no... Capcom's not doing anything wrong right now. The Capcom's hitting. Mm-hmm. Everything they released has been pretty solid, so I just, you know, the Pragmata thing was kind of a disappointment just because it was also the biggest news from mm-hmm. their whole thing. I agree for sure. But another, well, I mean, we'll see. That may be positive, not positive. <laughs> Let me just see what it is first, right? So Naughty Dog has celebrated 10 years of The Last of Us on June 14th. The Last of Us 1 originally came out on PlayStation 3 on June 14th, 2013. I remember it clear as day. Actually, uh, I love this little fun fact. I guess if if I turn on my PS3, right? On PS3, when you would download a game, it would tell you the date and time you actually downloaded it. And from when I originally downloaded The Last of Us, it never got taken off of my PS3. So it still says June 14th, um, 2013, which is cool. And so while there were no announcements related to factions or maybe a new development on part three or anything from Naughty Dog itself, something I guess for us to enjoy, because we are Floridians, is they announced there is going to be a Last of Us Halloween Horror Nights house. So that's cool. That's there. I think that's cool. And it's going to be based on the uh, Pittsburgh QZ or mm-hmm. area of the game. So I think that that's fun. Uh, it was a weird day. Just a celebration in general mm-hmm. felt like it was it was like, yeah, we're it's basically the energy Naughty Dog had. It was like, yeah, we're going to acknowledge it. But like everybody knows that Naughty Dog right now is a little bit on a lull with like factions not turning out the way they wanted it to and mm-hmm. kind of just being in a weird spot with that. And just, I feel like they're in a weird spot with just their fan base in general. And I with think so. Sony. I think, I think that, let me back up. I understand them coming out and talking about how they want to announce their games closer to when they release them. 
I definitely understand that for new or maybe projects that they're not too sure on. Mm-hmm. We know that they're going to fucking make a part three of Last of Us. I don't really understand why they couldn't just be like, oh, 10 year anniversary. Here's like the number three. Because we know it's something they're going to do. Yeah, but right now, I don't feel like they're going to talk about three until factions is figured out. They're either going to cancel it or they're going to, you know, push it on through and kind of like cannibalize whatever the parts they've made and release it Mm -hmm. at this point. I don't think they're going to stick it out with like another year or two with development and trying to like flush it out into like a full live service game, Mm -hmm. which is fine with me. But I don't think you can talk about three until the factions situation has like some clarity or like a definitive like release date or we're canceling it yeah i mean i i agree with that i think i'm just i just want something to kind of go off of i think too much silence can be i think too much silence can be bad can be bad but apparently you know sony has a showcase planned for later this year so there's obviously a a chance for naughty dog to show up that's true there is always a chance and we'll see. I mean, that Horror Nights house, obviously unrelated to Naughty Dog itself, could be cool. I know that the lines are going to be fucking wild for that, though, I bet. Yeah. It's it, always the big, like, IP houses at home and Hornets have the longest lines, but it, it's going to be probably, fun. Do you think it's going to be the one that's right next to Rip Ride Rocket? That's usually those IP ones right there. Yeah. It's I didn't usually, go last year. I didn't go last year either. Mm. The first time in a while. But yeah, usually those, like, three are, like, the big IP ones. Because those are like the biggest like containers too. Because mm. yeah, the, I mean, be... the, the ones that buy like uh, Popeyes and all that shit mm-hmm. are like smaller like rooms. I'd be pretty interested to go just to see like a clicker or a bloater in person. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. I just want to see that like kind of realized in real life. So and also mm-hmm. like the size comparison, like a bloater that's like nine feet tall. Like that could be really fun. I think so. Yeah. And if they have like good sound design and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And also so. for us, it's like really convenient exactly just being here so i think that's cool and then let's go ahead and let's just fucking get into this shit because this is what you kind of opened up with talking about that i called it i wish i wasn't right but i ended up being right the callisto protocol has announced an expansion that will serve as the final chapter i'm pretty sure it's literally called like final what's it called i thought it was called the final chapter i'm pretty sure yeah i'm pretty sure it's legitimately called final chapter which I said when, when I finished the game, I called Joel upset as I do sometimes with games or like shows or shit like that. And I just want to bitch and complain. And I was saying that I think that the expansion for this game is going to be the rest of it. Because I thought that the way the game ended was so abrupt. And it turns I out that, like, you know, I thought it was going to be not. I didn't think that was going to happen, but I was wrong. So it turns out that that is the case. A little bit extra information is that striking distance has so i also wonder if this has to do with how they feel about it this comes out next week yeah see june 27th so also it's called two days early transmission and two days early on playstation yeah two days early on playstation so i will probably reluctantly get it i don't (laughs) know if i will because i'm pretty sure i don't know how much it is but i feel like it's like 20 or 30 is it i think there's no i feel like this should be fucking free they're literally it's called the final transmission like what are you like let me see let me see i'm gonna go ahead and look it up on the playstation store right now and see exactly how much it is but 
what do you think about this just as like a I don't know as a whole I just feel like it's a I feel like it's a weird like practice like it shouldn't be possible for them to do it this this plainly like even with the naming yeah I mean you called this and you were definitely more fearful of it but for me I was more naive and I didn't think it was going to be that issue that big of an issue I've you know stories end on cliffhangers all the time I thought it was setting it up for a sequel that was never going to come out but so I think I, they, I feel like multiple things could have happened. This is obviously the intention, intention the whole time. And this was the original plans. They knew that there wasn't going to be a complete story. They didn't have enough development time to may have it ready for the release date they wanted to hit, which was clearly before Dead Space because they knew it was inferior. But I also could see something where it's like the sales numbers are so weak that they're like, we're not going to get a sequel. So we have to wrap up the story in this DLC. Mm-hmm. So I can see it one of two ways. <laughs> I think it like leans more towards your way, just kind of the nature of the game. It was short. That was a, I wouldn't even say it was necessarily a critique, but it was definitely an observation that everybody played that played the game, that it was pretty short. Even for me, who's somebody who's like, Oh, I prefer shorter single player experiences. It was, I mean, you can just steam right through this game in like seven, eight hours, like easy, but it's a, it's a scary practice. It's something that you also, you, you seem like you were, might be right with Dead Island 2. Also, like that, th- this whole additional content practice is now going to be seeping into single player games. Like I usually, I, th- I thought I was safe in single player land, but now, mm-hmm. now, now, now you we're... still get early access, and it's like, well, we'll just save the other chapters. Exactly. So now we're you know now we're getting fucked on all ends. Not even mm-hmm. multiplayer only. Yeah, airtight. <laughs> in terms of uh <laughs> in terms of pricing though so i went ahead and i looked it on on the store i don't know if this is going to be the case this might just be because they haven't put a splash for the store dlc it is possible that that's the case but at the moment the only way you can have access to that is if you buy the season pass at 30 dollars. all of the other bundles are piecemeal and you can get them for like 4.99 or 9.99 but the store dlc is only if you click into the season pass and scroll down in the description and at the bottom it says story DLC is included. That's fucking yeah, because it says received 48 hours early on X. Yeah, yeah they're talking about that specifically. So that's fucking bullshit. I agree. I would imagine I like I said, I would imagine they have to make that a separate thing that you can buy. If they don't for like five bucks. I mean I'm thinking Season pass is 30. Those other two are 10. I'm going to go ahead and say that story DLC is $15 minimum. I don't think it's going to be anything less than 15. If it's 15, it should be like three or four hours. Yeah, and hopefully it will be. I mean, if it was like an hour, that would be fucking crazy. Yeah, I mean, I would be a little excited to go back. I'm not going to lie. I did enjoy the combat of the game, even though it was simple. Something Mm -hmm. that was satisfying. Yeah, no, I agree. It's not it's just the practice of it where it's like it's mm-hmm. just really shitty it is very very shitty and very like uh, predatory yeah especially for people that are single player gamers are even scared of like the idea of like the that genre or those style of games not being made anymore and then now you're gonna do this to those players come mm-hmm. on have some fucking dignity have some fucking dignity Come on, these are old men that are playing these old-ass single-player games. All they mm-hmm. want to do is just play it and have a full, complete experience, and then you leave them on a fucking cliffhanger and tell them you need another 15. What type yeah, of shit just, is that? Exactly. Just give people the product that you're selling. Yeah. So this is 
This is horrific, and honestly, I know you may be you may be tempted to buy it. I really don't want anybody to buy this. <laughs> no, I don't want them either to either, and I don't know if I will. I'm just saying that, like, well, I played the whole game and Platinum did. Obviously, I would like to know how the game ends. That's the thing is it is tempting, but I'm like, I want to like stay in my ground and be like, fuck, you know, because yeah. it's just this is a horrific practice. I will say this. If the only way you can get it is through the season pass, they're not fucking I'm not buying the season mm-hmm. pass. There's no you, way in hell I'm paying 30 for that shit. Yeah, I hope that this like this news was released over the weekend and I, mm-hmm. I haven't seen the reaction Monday, but I hope it gets to spend up in the news cycle and it causes more of a rift. Yeah, people more... are just okay with this. I don't. I mean, that would be really weird. Yeah, so it definitely will be interesting to see how it plays out the rest of this week. How people react to that news. Yeah, definitely. And moving on from that, we've got the so at the Xbox showcase they showed Phantom Liberty a little bit more for Cyberpunk, and so we now know that the Phantom Liberty director will be directing a full Cyberpunk 2077 sequel. There's not a lot of information, basically, besides that. Just Phantom Liberty is supposed to be kind of like a huge overhaul. I think it's adding vehicular combat, doing some stuff to like the way loot pools work and different skill trees and stuff. So that should be a nice beefy uh, update, which I don't know when I'm going to get back to Cyberpunk, but it would be cool if it just happens to be when that's out too. But I would say at this point, you should wait because all those updates you were talking about, Phantom Mm -hmm. Liberty, go to the core game as well. Yeah. So, so I, I think I should wait. And then it's just cool to know that there's going to be a full sequel because what I did play of Cyberpunk, I did think it was really cool. Yeah, I'm actually really interested because they're basically saying that this is the real This is what we wanted Cyberpunk to be. Mm-hmm. So, I'm ex- I mean, is it fucked up that it's three and a half years later after it was released? Yes, but I'm glad that they finally got to that point and kind of like No Man's Sky the situation. Mm -hmm. and it's also one of those games where while it is going to always have a historical blemish for having an extremely shitty launch and basically lying for people to people in terms of what their old hardware was capable of doing at least there's something under all of that that is actually really spectacular like sometimes games comes out and oh they have a rough launch but they're not that great anyway this is a really fantastic game it just didn't come out in a good light or a good situation so I think it won't actually be remembered in a poor way. I mean, they did like the edge runners with Netflix that people loved and that update was huge for the game. And then Phantom Liberty is probably going to be really big. So it's good to see. I mean, and and also they did the PS5 update for free. When yeah. A lot of people are nickel and diamond, that kind of stuff in the beginning of the gen. That's true. And, you know, when you play Cyberpunk, there's no fucking battle pass or season pass. So that's nice. You know, CD Projekt Red is, you know, they stay true with that at least. Mm-hmm. So... I think that's good. I'll be excited for that. This other one I kind of added in here. So System Shock is getting reviewed or was getting reviewed pretty well, right? That's on PC, but we want it over here in console land. And I listened to a VGC specific podcast with some of the members of the people that make it at Night Dive Studios. And they kind of explained the pro- one of the questions that the host asked was like, when is this going to be coming to consoles? And their response was, The goal is definitely to be by the end of the year, their heads down on it, but they mentioned PlayStation's certification process as being part of the reason why they're like, oh, we're aiming for later this year, but we can't nail it down. They made it sound like it's like in the air. It's like, yeah, maybe we might get it done. Mm -hmm. But they made it sound like the certification process was like one of the main reasons. That's interesting. I wonder what 
could it be because of the content in the game? But you know why that strikes me as bullshit? How many jumping tacos game gets certified? Isn't that like one of the biggest problems is like anything can get through? Uh, yes, with the smaller stuff, but I'm I'm wondering if it's like a content in terms of like uh, it might like get an AO rating. That's what I was mm. kind of suggesting, but I'm not quite sure what. I think those are universal though, like regardless of what, because that's um, ESRB. I think that's separate. You're right. Yeah. So yeah, I'm not quite sure what the it. It doesn't sound like they're confident it's coming out this year. No, it doesn't sound like that either. I just wanted to give an update on it because I really fucking want to play that game so much so that I listened to like a 45-minute podcast just to hear one question. That's the love of the game, you know? Yeah, and I got to say, the the podcast itself, the questions and stuff were good. I don't know if it's going to sound rough, but like listening to a podcast where the host has like a really thick foreign accent, I think they're maybe british or scottish but i was like damn this is kind of hard to listen to i do think vgc is a uh, british based yeah so i was like fuck i don't really know what he just asked them but let me see the answer yeah so 2024 i mean pretty much and then yeah but so an update on that i mean whenever that comes i'll be excited to play it of course, whenever System Shock is talked about, even the people that make it, they always mention Bioshock. So you know, I'm you just gotta interested. play it for the love, the love yeah, of the game. Exactly. And then we mentioned this a little bit earlier, right when we were uh, talking about fuck, what were we talking about? <laughs> Embracer. When we were talking about um the they were they were talking about uh, oh fuck uh, alone <laughs> in the dark alone in the dark is when we were talking about alone in the dark. Yeah, yeah. They're so, publishing this. So Embracer is so basically they're trying to restructure after this $2 billion deal went through their value of their shares basically halved. And so they're restructuring to close studios, cancel games and uh, lay off staff. They didn't detail what of course will be either axed or restructured, probably also because I don't even know if the people that are going to get laid off know yet. Right. So they probably don't want to make that public before they know Yeah, they did go out of their way though, to say that Tomb Raider, is still on track and that <laughs> they need it to be They're about the crystal go dynamics work on tomb raider and i think also on perfect dark they mentioned as like they're still on track okay i mean yeah embracer <laughs> looks like they're in big trouble they also paid me to be a paid show for alone in the dark that's why i talked about it yeah they paid you to play the free demo with they no paid co- combat <laughs> exactly but no that this it looks bad for them it kind of always seem like this was inevitably gonna happen it just sounded like felt like they're spending so much money and not really like they're releasing products but like destroy humans 2 and one like remakes and bikini bottom rehydrated and saints row you know these are not like these are not products that you can like rely on like to build a company and sustain a company that like employs ubisoft numbers of employees Mm-hmm. yeah i agree and there's yeah they just they're they're trying to do so much they're doing too much honestly but i mean they own things like gearbox and fucking borderlands and telltale and it's like what the fuck like how they just literally have their hands all over and random like ips that you thought were dead they own them so and mm-hmm. they, i mean they're gonna these were the guys that were exploiting uh lord of the rings that's also why we were yep. talking about them so they're you know they eventually have to shit or get off the pot so they gotta make a good they have to make a good game or this is not gonna work out 
Yeah, it's just too much too fast. They were mm-hmm. buying, 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 and while they are releasing games, it's really not... If you were if you look up what games em- Embracer has released this year or will release, it's pretty impressive. But then if you scroll down and look at everything in progress, that's when you're like, oh shit, this is not manageable. It's everything else that they have that you're like, there's no way that you're gonna release those or be able to pay for those teams. Especially mm-hmm. when even earlier in the show we were talking about the economics behind releasing a new game and paying for it, right? A lot of I don't want to say a lot of, but I'm sure that there are Embracer games that go straight to services, right? Like they're going to have some big ones, but a lot of them are probably going to go straight to services. So Embracer seems like a perfect partner for Microsoft because they just make like Game Pass games. Yeah, I agree. Um, So make those middling like sevens. We'll see. We'll see if what's going to happen if anyone if anyone wants to know this is kind of separate but if anyone is worried about getting laid off i learned about something earlier today my um my brother's wife was telling me about a website that you can go to where if a company is going to have layoffs they have to like file it with the state 60 days before they tell the person oh so you can maybe find out certain companies what number of people they're going to fire so if you look at embracer it's called that I think it's called war notice <laughs> check that shit out not be out of a job yeah you're about to be out here shaking the cups but you know yeah. i hope that they land on their feet they get new game industry jobs you know mm-hmm. we need creative artists out there the graphic the guys making the foliage we need yeah you. yeah that's the, the all actually 95 percent of the people that work on foliage are making metal gear solid 3 <laughs> that's all they show they've got the best tree artists in the game i mean that's and the crocodile is so realistic oh yeah the crocodile too that's true (laughs) so rounding out a wonderful episode of go for bronze is persona 3 reload and persona 5 tactica which were shown at the xbox showcase will also be coming to playstation persona 5 tactica will release on november 11th 2023 and will come to playstation xbox and switch and persona 3 reload will be coming in early 24 and will be on PS on PlayStation, Xbox, and PC, but will not be coming to Nintendo Switch. Um, mm-hmm. I think this is cool. I, I think this is cool. I didn't like how Xbox like held them at gunpoint for forty eight hours and couldn't say that it was coming to PlayStation. Yeah, I agree. It also is really backhanded when they did that. Fucking look at all these games that were just at the PlayStation showcase that'll be uh, on our system too. Yeah, and then PlayStation didn't do that, obviously, because, you know, mm-hmm. when you're in first place, you ain't got to do petty shit like that. Yeah, you don't got to do it. It's true. But, I mean, I'm excited for both these products. Tactica, I'm obviously not that big into tactics games, so, mm-hmm. you know, you. I heard you might be buying an Alien Darkest Descent or some shit like that, and that's a tactical game, so maybe that can be my gateway into that world. I'm going to have to see, because I know that that game can't, comes out tomorrow, and I saw mm-hmm. IGN gave it a 7. But mm-hmm. I only saw the number. I want to see the video and also ACG posted like a 25 minute review. So maybe I'll check that out sometime tonight. Maybe I'll just have it on while I'm editing the show. But mm. I'll see. Right. I'm interested in that, obviously, because the IP for aliens. And so I, I'm similar. I'm not super into tactics games, but with age two, I'm willing to try all of them. It just has to be maybe an IP that will interest me enough to get into it. So I'm hoping that aliens game is good because I would like to pick that up. Yeah, so you play that and I get into the tactic genre, then maybe tactic Persona 5 Tactica will, you know, tickle my fancy. Not in love with the chibi art style, mm-hmm. but, you know, it's it. 
I mean, it seems like it's going to be high quality. Everything that Atlas does with the Persona spinoffs, they do it with like care. So I don't have any worries about the quality of of the game. It's just not a game necessarily for me. So now, Mm -hmm. but the big controversy is Persona 3 Reloaded just because it is a hard remake of the original game. So it's not uh, including, well, it's not not including it because then when they talk about Fez, uh, they asked the game director and they were saying that they're going to try to incorporate some of that. It doesn't mean they're ignoring that, but it's not going to be presented in the same way. Mm-hmm. But initially, it seems like it's just a straight remake of the th- of the third game. We'll find out when it comes out to us. So we're not getting any of the content from Fez, which has this portion called The Answer, which, you know, is like an epilogue that's like another 20, 30 hours that, you know, mm-hmm. kind of clarifies Different things. protagonists, too. Different protagonists is for the portable version that came to uh, PSP. And yeah, the female protagonist, female protagonist in that game is not going to be available. So it's just, you know, play as a dude, play to Persona 3 world um i don't you know it kind of puts me in a weird spot because i don't know if i want to play this or i want to play the persona 3 um they announced or they released earlier this year yeah it's but, annoyingly close because so like yeah. i played a bunch of persona 3 when they did the persona 3 and persona 4 release mm-hmm. so i i know exactly what you're saying i'm in since i'm already into it i might continue it but yeah then it's like well do i just wait I'm going to wait. I don't think I think I'm just going to play the remake just because it looks like Persona 5 and it looks really good in terms mm-hmm. of like visually. And obviously it's going to be great because it's a Persona game. And I know Persona 3 is like the turning point in the series for a lot of people. And some of the and some of like the more hardcore Persona, more old longtime standing fans favorite in the series. So I'm interested mm-hmm. to play that. I'm going to finish up four probably before then and then jump into three and then probably play five Royal sometime after. Persona 3 does have an awesome setup. I do really love Persona 3. Yeah, and it seems to be one of the only Persona games that's a little more uh, like dark, mm-hmm. where the other yeah. ones are a little more lighthearted. So I'm interested to uh, play that. Yeah, that's true. I feel like they all have adult and dark themes, but Persona 3 is like legit actually dark. Like the yeah. screen is dark and you're facing like dark creatures. <laughs> yeah, so I mean, I'm excited. Uh, then like i said the announcement was weird just how like xbox was like making atlas be cagey with run- announcing where it's going to be released but mm-hmm. overall excited i kind of just want atlas to get on and start making the persona 6 mm-hmm. game but they are making actually another um uh jrpg that you didn't mention here but was announced at the xbox conference mm. and it was like metaphor or something like that and it's like more uh it seems more adultish and more like kind of medieval, but it has like the same like uh, calling cards of persona with social links and stuff like that. Mm, that sounds so. interesting. Yeah. I kind of just made sure to include the ones that I knew were coming to PlayStation. But, but yeah, no, I know that but the thing is that Xbox was making Atlas be weird. So that also mm-hmm. wasn't announced until like 48 hours after the game was revealed. Yeah, yeah, that's fair. Well, I'm excited for both of those when they do happen. Yeah, I mean, we already have a hard date for five tactics. I'm assuming they're going to hit. Atlas is good with hitting the dates, they say, so I don't have any fear about that. Mm. And the games are really long, so. And the games are really long. We love we love them long, girthy games. It's just like we love them long, girthy pods. Mm. Clocking in at just about two hours and 20 minutes. This is We're clocking in at around an early 2010s. Actually, not even. We're clocking in at mid-2000s Nolan times. Mid, yeah. This is, yeah. We're not at Oppen- Oppenheimer time yet, but we'll get this, there. 
this isn't even i think inception is even more than 230 so i think we're like 2005 2006 we're like batman begins right now yeah we're just beginning this is gonna go on a great journey and then eventually we're gonna fail you with tenet Mm. about like 10 12 years yeah 10 12 years it's you know that's if we're still alive by then (laughs) but but that's all i have for this episode mark do you have anything else you want to let the people know about not too much hope you enjoyed it appreciate you listening hope that you have a great week and a half or two weeks depending on when you're listening to this again these are going to be starting to release bi-weekly so today is the 19th and you can expect a new episode for us when i can find my mouse and click on this calendar a new episode will be coming out on the 3rd of july Mm. right before independence nice oh yeah i'm off that week too hell yeah Hell yeah. And I'm also off that week, so that works. Yeah. Yeah. Good shit. So yeah, no, that's all I got. Appreciate you for listening. Thank you so much for, for being here. Hope you join us again next time. See ya. Peace.